0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At gotodobs.com shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs.
1: For deals you can use, click on dobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast
2: on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Opening Drive on a Monday on 101 ESPN. I'm Randy Carricker with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. Great to have you with us at 7 o'clock. Your time check brought you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Uh, kids, hope your weekend was good. Carrie, hope your concert was good last night. My concert was well. It went well. Who it was, uh, who, who performed?
4: Uh, Ludacris and Janet Jackson. Wow. Miss nice. Jackson, if you're nasty, that's yeah. a lineup. Yeah. Well she, done. Uh, she did a she did a fantastic job. That's great. Good it's fun here. Good, good clean fun. Yeah. That's. that's and, I'm
0: jealous. And.
4: She was done by like 10:30. Oh my oh, God! Perfect. <laughs> yeah, didn't Dave Chappelle start at like 11:30 or oh, something? Oh, I don't know, but that's <laughs> when you got to drive all the way to O'Fallon. It's yeah. uh yeah, You just, just say O'Fallon? At, no, I'm saying oh, me,
0: when driving to, yeah, oh, yeah. when
3: I leave. Yeah, it's a good oh job. To get out of there. How was Brooke Grimsley's weekend?
0: Uh, good. Pretty excited
3: about uh, getting a new quarterback for your Titans?
0: Yeah! I was waiting for you guys to bring that up. I was waiting, because you know what? Not only were you guys excited to bring that up, a lot of people on Twitter were excited to just throw it in my face (laughs) that they picked up Will Levis, Mr. Mayo and Coffee Man, I don't know. I figured it was going to happen. To me, personally, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it's exactly what you did last year with Mm -hmm. Malik Willis. But what do I know? I'm not the one that's getting paid millions of dollars to make these decisions. You know as much as
5: they do, apparently. There you go.
0: Yeah. So here's the thing. When somebody becomes a Titan, I will always root for you. So until he gives me something otherwise, because look, it's April. Mm -hmm. It's early, especially for NFL. So I'm going to wait till this fall to see how things pan out.
3: All right. Here's what we have coming up on the show today. We're going to talk to Chris Kerber, coming up at 8.15, at 8.45. Joe Buck, who literally grew up around Mike Shannon, the late, great Mike Shannon, who passed away yesterday at the age of 83. And we're also going to talk to Al Ravosky, who was a broadcaster, a player with Mike Shannon as a broadcaster, and then a broadcaster. They were on the road a lot, so we'll talk to those two later on in the show. Mike passing away yesterday, as we mentioned, at the age of 83. And one of the great things, there's so many great things about Mike. But he was a fan in the booth and he didn't go to broadcast school. Mm -hmm. He was placed into that situation. He went to the school of Jack Buck, but he made it fun and he had fun in the booth and he was always self-deprecating enough so that when there was a shannonism or two <laughs> he would embrace it and this is just one example of mike over the years
6: that laser worked good didn't? it did Woo-wee. i mean he put a laser on him and he went down like a sack on you <laughs> he did <laughs> <laughs> it would take him a little while to get his heart beating Woo-wee.
3: There's a fan on the field in Philadelphia (laughs) who they got with a taser, not a laser. And he went down like a sack of onions. Not a sack of potatoes? No. Uh, uh, no. I like that. But
0: but it just stands out. And just the way that he says it, you just remember it forever, right?
3: Absolutely. And we'll take your mic Drops, uh, your memories of Mike Shannon, whether they're personal memories or memories of him broadcasting games. Another aspect to Mike and and Jack being self-deprecating. Uh, when Anheuser-Busch owned the team, they obviously were very tied to uh, to Budweiser. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite lines ever from Mike was a birthday in the booth in the 80s. And Mike said, <laughs> nothing like a piece of birthday cake and a cold Budweiser. You know, just <laughs> a great, great combination. Uh, but anyway, Budweiser got Jack and Mike together to do a commercial in the 80s, too.
6: Loyalty to America's favorite pastime, Budweiser has asked, and Mike Shannon has graciously consented... To do a specially moving tribute to thank every one of you, Mike, a one and a two. This Bud's for all that you do. There's no fan too blue as you. You know the stats. Yeah, I got them down pat. You know what every team can do. You really make it work. And this Bud's for you. How am I doing, Jack? like to worry about it just keep singing if that's what you call it yeah you're a fun man a real baseball fan hey you know no one loves the game like you you really make it work and this part's for you was that good <laughs> just <laughs> say anheuser boys st
3: louis missouri mike <laughs> say what Never mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love, can they bring that back?
3: I think they should. I think to honor Mike, I think that'd be
0: a great thing. Yes, yeah. I, oh my God! What and also a good voice too, yes. yeah. obviously, <laughs> it, but singing as well. I think
4: his voice is was legendary. It, it just yeah. kind of reminded you of Cardinal Baseball. You hear him; it's kind of the little scruffy, little bit. But it was it was awesome to hear him because he was giving you so many details and and so informative.
3: It was it was fun to listen to. him. And even for me, he was the soundtrack of my summers because he started broadcasting in 1970. So I was like seven years yeah. old when when he started his broadcasting career. So even for somebody who's been around as long as I have, Mike was legendary, and uh, I, I had the opportunity and the great good fortune to meet his family, his late wife, Judy, Mike Jr., Tim, Dan, Pat, Peg, and Aaron, who's a, a doctor here in St. Louis, uh, his wife, Lori, now condolences to the entire Shannon family, and Mike is a one of a kind. The Moon Man will be missed, and we'll talk about him during the course of the show. Uh, Brooke and Carrie... I have a bad feeling about the 2023 St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> you know what i <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what yeah. i yeah. yeah. Are they like a sack of onions?
3: Yeah, they are <laughs> dropping like a sack of onions. <laughs> oh. Now, Let me start with uh, a little, let's start with some positivity here. Shine
6: no. lollipops and rainbows. Yeah. Everything Sorry. that's wonderful
7: <laughs> is what I feel when we're together. than okay. a
6: lucky
3: penny
7: okay. when you're near. So, the as the Cardinals come home, okay?
3: We to take on the Angels this week, okay? The Cardinals are ahead of the Rockies in the standings. The Cardinals are not in last place in the National League. The okay. Rockies are a game behind the Cardinals. So I'm just saying, kids, it could be worse. Okay. <laughs> not much worse. Well, you know, you got to catch up to the Nationals. You're two games behind the Giants. You're a... Uh, uh, two and a half behind the Reds. I mean, there's there's some some makeup that needs to occur. Uh, Yesterday, the Cardinals <laughs> lose by a score of six three at LA. Three three game, fifth inning, and your first baseman Brendan uh, Donny Donnie Baseball uh, Brendan Donovan drops a pop up that would have been caught by Goldschmidt or most other first basemen and that allows Will Smith to land on second base, and lo and behold, Dodgers score a couple runs, take the 5-3 lead, after the Cardinals had tied it, by the way, in the top of the fifth, and the Dodgers win it by a score of six to three, and every night there is an error or a base running gaffe, something that happens to give the other team either an extra out or an extra run, or take a run away from the Cardinals, and you just can't win, at this level, even if the other team is making mistakes, and the Dodgers don't make many mistakes, but you can't give the other team's runs and outs. That has been the mantra of the Cardinals ever since Whitey Herzog took over as their manager in 1980, whether it was Whitey or Joe or uh, Tony La Russa or, or Mike Matheny or Mike Schilt, the Cardinals have been, uh, aside from a stretch there under Mike Matheny, Cardinals have been excellent defensively and on the base pass. This year, they are not.
0: Well, and typically, you would think, too, okay, you have a mistake. You don't like to see that. Leads to the other team scoring, but you should have a rebuttal offensively, Mm -hmm. and we're still waiting for things to click for good situational hitting, things like that. I asked you guys, I texted this weekend, do you think that this is bad fundamentals or bad luck? I think we're getting to the point where you can't say bad luck anymore, right? It's just
3: Bad, bad fundamentals.
4: It, it's bad baseball. It, yeah. It's not good baseball. It's not clicking on all cylinders. It's you'll see spur, sparks here and there, and you'll see guys doing a, a decent job. Jordan Montgomery has to be one of the most frustrated mm-hmm. men in all of baseball right now. He's he's giving you. His record is not indicative of how how poorly he's played. He's performed mm-hmm. very well. So you have to be a little bit frustrated when you're getting good pitching and not getting hitting or you're getting hitting and not getting pitching. You're getting pitching, but now you're getting fielding errors. Those things are, are it just
3: becomes a habit when it when you continue to do it. And, Brooke, you mentioned no rebuttal. Ordinarily, if you're the Cardinals, at some point you're expecting, oh, Nolan Aranato is going to step to the plate and that's going to provide a rebuttal. Clearly, if you're watching the games, there's something wrong with Nolan Arenado. There's something uh, apparently physically wrong, but his swings, he's swinging with his arms. And he, he just doesn't look like himself. And I, I would hope that the Cardinals, with the investment that they have in Nolan Arenado, would go to him and say, hey, what the fuck are you, man? Uh, we we got to check this out. We got to fix this. To me, it looks like a back. I mean, that
4: backs are tricky, and, and some days they feel good. Sometimes they stiffen, and I'm not a doctor. I could be completely off, but it looks, when I'm watching him field, even reaching down, throwing, all of those things you're able to do, but maybe not as well as you have been able to do them before. It, it does look like it's something, though. We don't know what it is. Obviously, he's going to continue to play through it. But at some point, you got to rest and, and figure out how to get yourself completely healthy because you're not doing any good if you're not 100%.
0: Yeah, I mean, you need your superstars to perform. And if you look at that, with Nolan Arenado, he's struggling. I mean, if he's going to have like a 600 OPS for the rest of the season— Can you really reasonably say that the Cardinals will make it to the playoffs without him doing what he needs to do, which is being a superstar? And you brought up possible injury. People have also speculated with that on social media as well, too, which I know that you can't listen to everybody on the Twitter sphere, But they did bring up a valid point of he did get hit by a pitch in the World Baseball Classic. Mm -hmm. You wonder if that's something to do with it, because we just know that Nolan Arnauto is... A lot better than what we're seeing now. He just looks like completely off, and he's lacking power too. Mm-hmm. I mean, hitting 239, I believe that he is right now. That's fine, but if you're lacking power, then it's not really doing much for this team. No. And it just looks like he's lacking that confidence in himself right now.
3: A two and eight road trip drops the Cardinals to ten and nineteen. They are now six games back in the wild card race, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams in front of them in the wild card. Race. If you just look at the general standings within the division, Cardinals trail the front running Pittsburgh Pirates by 10 games now. <laughs>
0: the front running Pittsburgh Pirates? Who would have thought Who would have this? Thought. If, I need to know if somebody plays some sort of bet about this. Whoa, whoa, something happened over the weekend.
8: What is that? that? They're, they're just the front running, they're not the champions anymore?
3: Oh, well, they're, they're going to win the championship. Yeah, they're the other <laughs> The World Series. Yeah, but I there, something uh, happened Pittsburgh over the weekend. Yeah, 20 was, and 9.
4: Th- that's th- we, we are a, a ways away. We got some. We mm-hmm. got some. Some. Some winning to do if we want to catch up to that. Uh, mm-hmm. There was. I don't know. I think in every. I think every person on this roster has had to has had some part in what they're doing and what how they're losing. There was one instance. I think it was Saturday. Uh, the Cardinals had two runners on. They brought up Donovan to pinch hit, as opposed to Nolan, Nolan Gorman. Which, you know, Donovan lined out. I thought it was. A, he hit the ball really well. But in that moment. I think I would have put probably our hottest hitter in the lineup and gave him an opportunity because you got to figure it's about it, everything is about you know the players performing well, the managers managing well, and it all clicking at the same time. And right now they're just one one piece behind trying to figure out how to get ahead.
0: So it was Dylan Carlson in the ninth, and it was a righty on the mound. Is that the is that the no, one no, that no, we're no. talking it
4: about? No, um, uh, it was a oh, top okay. of the eighth inning. It was on was it Saturday? I think it was Saturday. It was Montgomery's game. Was that Saturday? Yeah. No, that was Friday. Friday, right? Oh, yeah. Because okay.
3: Kershaw was Saturday.
8: Uh Montgomery started the Kershaw game. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Kershaw. Yeah. So
4: it was that game. And Saturday. and it was it was the top of the eighth. They'd pinch hit um mm-hmm. and, and brought in Donovan and he lined out. And I just thought that was a moment right there that Nolan Gorman, in that moment, it was 1-0 at the time. I thought that was a moment for Nolan Gorman to come in and and do what he had, what he has done so far this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, Nolan Gorman is doing everything that you ask him for. And I, I can understand that. And what I was bringing up is that also happened in the ninth inning. Was that Saturday's game? Correct, Randy? I do believe that. Yes. Yeah. In the ninth inning. And it was Dylan Carlson. Mm-hmm. That he brought in to that situation when you had Nolan Gorman and Alec Burleson ready to go and they're really good against righties. I mean, really, really good. Burleson, 471 slugging versus right handers. Nolan Gorman, 588 slugging against right handers. And he went with Dylan Carlson in that situation. He said it was a coin flip and it was a gamble that didn't pay off for the Cardinals in that situation. And I get The thing is, is I got his way of thinking because Carlson did great for you defensively, so you want to reward him in that situation mm-hmm. and hope that it pays off. But to what you're bringing up, I don't even know if you could say that it's a fair coin flip unless one side of that coin is just extremely <laughs> heavy yeah. and that, that heavy side being Gorman. Like, please put Gorman. Yeah. Because I, I get taking a gamble on guys, but I think people are so fresh to the point where it's like, if there's a chance for you to get a run, get a win... I don't know. Bring it. Bring up Juan Yepes. You know that would be nice. Then do those things because was, you just want to see a win right now.
4: That was the same game, I believe. It was the eighth inning. They had the opportunity. Kisner walked, and then uh, oh. Newt got hit, got a, yes. there was a fielding error. He got on, so they were. It was first and second. Kisner's at second, and then they pinch hit and brought yes. Donovan in as opposed to bringing Nolan Gorman in. Two things there. I I think if Kisner's on on second base, you probably bring a pinch runner in, and then you bring Gorman in because you need speed. You're down one run. You need a single. Is Kisner going to score on a soft hit single or or a sharply hit single? Maybe not. But those are two instances where you're looking at the entire team and everyone, Mm -hmm. managers, you know, it it goes down to – even the treatment, you know, the 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 doctors and the and everyone that's involved, it's all a part of what they're doing, and it's not working right now.
3: MLS on Saturday, the uh, St. Louis City SC side loses to the Portland Timbers two to one. NHL playoffs after a record-breaking regular season, the Boston Bruins eliminated in the first round. Matthew Kachuk and the Florida Panthers win it last night in overtime four three. Seattle eliminated the defending Stanley Cup champion Stan Kroenke's Colorado Avalanche with a two one win. Crack and win. The series four to three, go cracking. Thank you very much. Well done. And it carries Golden State Warriors. We'll talk about this later in the show. They get fifty, uh, a fifty burger from uh, from this guy, number thirty Curry,
0: Steph
4: Curry, Stephen Stephen Stephen,
3: Stephen Curry, he's out of yeah, Davidson. He was Got a uh, chance. Yeah, he's pretty good.
0: yeah, I think he's good. One twenty
3: okay. to one hundred. Do the Golden State wins game seven over Sacramento. The Heat win game one against the Knicks. One hundred eight, one hundred one. Coming up, three things that we loved about the weekend here on one hundred one ESPN
1: to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: All right. What do we love about the weekend? Brooke, you want to get things started here? Well. Number two.
0: The thing that I enjoyed from this weekend is Saturday, as we know, you had some moves made. We we sent down Walker. You know what Walker did on Saturday, guys? What did he do? Hit a homer. You huh. know what Juan Yepes did on Saturday, What'd guys? What did he do? Two? Hit a home run. Hmm. I I thought that that was pretty pretty interesting. Also, you love to see the Walker. As soon as he gets down there, he makes an impact instantly. I I just wish it was here in St. Louis, guys. That's my only problem. And same thing with Yepes. I want Yepes here. I don't understand why Taylor Monter's here. Nothing against Brendan Donovan's stand-in, but I don't understand why Taylor Monter's here.
3: Well, I, I would suggest that uh, they need to change Jordan Walker's swing, first of all.
4: You, you don't think you didn't like the 12-game hitting streak to start the no. season? <laughs> and,
3: and clearly, he doesn't hit the ball in the air enough to hit home runs. You said he didn't hit a home run on, when he went down there, right? His first game as a— Memphis River. He didn't hit a didn't hit home run. Right. I was Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Okay. I just. Okay.
0: (sighs) Maybe he should keep it. I don't know.
3: This is unbelievable.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
4: That's 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 where we are right now. Yeah. This is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we are. Nothing else.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, I understand. It's
4: the last time (laughs) it was this
3: bad was 1973. They started off five and twenty. At least they're not five and twenty. How do they fix it?
0: What did they do in the seventies? That's a good question. Maybe that's what we need we need um, to look back. Uh, I don't think
4: you wanna I don't think they can do what they
3: did in yeah. the seventies. They wound up eighty two and eighty-two. Mm. Uh, it's yeah.
4: Not great.
3: No. Yeah. Or eighty one and eighty one. Maybe it was eighty two and eighty, whatever. Was, I know they weren't eighty two and eighty two, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's the character <laughs> math that worked there. Oh yeah, CD. Uh, my number two. I was kind of
4: torn going back and forth because Janet Jackson was amazing, and then my number one was also obviously amazing. But it's going to be <laughs> Janet Jackson and Ludacris. The concert last night, I had a great time. Uh, my fiance and I had a great time. We enjoyed listening to all of the Janet Jackson classics, and it was great. And as I, again, she had us out of there by ten thirty, ten forty five. She did come back on stage. We were, most people had already started to leave, but she came back. Nice. And performed. We, we peeked through and watched for like another 45 seconds. Like, okay. <laughs> we got to get, gotta get, get up at five.
8: <laughs> Carrie, Car- Car- let's educate, educate the people. What's your favorite uh, Janet Jackson song?
4: Oh, I Get So Lonely. I Get Lonely. <laughs> I Get So Lonely. Yeah,
3: that's We're it. Get you opening up yeah. for Janet Jackson. <laughs> uh, guys, on Saturday, we talked last week about Drew Maggie getting called up by the Pittsburgh Pirates after 13 years in the minors. And on Saturday, he got his first two major league hits. Three days after making his big league debut, uh, the Pirates won 16-1, to and that concluded the doubleheader sweep. I got to tell you, with stories like that, and with as good as the Pirate fans are when their team is competitive, if the Cardinals are going to suck and not win the division this year, (laughs) I would really like to see (laughs) Pittsburgh and their fans be rewarded with a level of success.
4: I mean, they are some of the best fans in the world. Football specifically, but baseball—they do show up and show out. And so, you know, if if you're gonna if you're not gonna perform well here, if you gotta adopt a, another team, I guess I guess you can root for the Pirates. I have no problem. I like black and gold too.
0: There you go. I'm sorry, CD. I'm not gonna root for the uh, Pirates. I mean, not you don't have the root Buggos. for them, but
4: you, you can you can you know golf clap when they do well.
3: And I do think there is. Uh, <laughs> A sense of, oh, how should I phrase this? A fruitless endeavor when you're rooting for some squads. You aren't going to be rewarded. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: It's as hard as you might root. (laughs) Number one.
0: My number one is going to be, even though City SC did not win this past weekend, which you hate to see. You like to root for certain players and you have to give a shout out to Celio Pompeo for this weekend um, in that U.S. Open Cup performance. He had three assists and then he followed it up with his first ever MLS goal. He's a guy that was promoted right from Rockio. Oh, I just want to make sure I say this correctly, that he was promoted from City two to City SC. You like to see him get rewarded in that way. So I just thought that was a great thing to happen for him.
4: That is awesome. My number, great.
8: my he's number. A great story. He's a oh, great story. He's a great kid. Great story.
4: My number two is obviously one Stephen Wardell Curry, fifty points, most points ever in NBA history in any game seven. Let me say that again. Most points ever in a game seven in NBA history. It's only one to ever have done it. It is one Stephen Curry and it was amazing That's, it was it, it was crazy. needed on the road they stink as a road team and they go in there and get two road wins in sacramento uh to uh close out the
3: series for them Guys, for me, there would be 29 NFL teams where this would have been my number 1. But because it happened with the Patriots, the Rams, or in this case the Cowboys, it's really stupid. And that is Chris Vaughn, a scout for the Cowboys, being able to call his son, Deuce, and tell him that he, a 5-5 running back who's not going to make the team anyway, that uh, he got drafted by <laughs> the Cowboys. But um, it, it, it can't be number 1 because it was because the, the, the stupid Cowboys.
4: Well, it was an amazing thing. And I'm going to yeah, push no, back no, no, just a little bit no. because that 5 Five running back Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State can run the football, can catch the football. He does everything. You want a running back to do? He's just not your typical size for a yeah.
3: running back. Try throwing it to like a guy who's four foot two. See if he can find that target. Uh, I, I mean, good luck, Dak. He's gonna be up. Okay.
4: Dak throws over, over the head of all the tall guys. He's a swing rod. He's out there by himself. <laughs> Nobody's out there with him.
8: He'll be fine. Randy, this is Darren Sproles and Maurice Jones-Drew eraser, and I won't stand for it.
3: Oh yeah, and Mac Heron, Okay. Yeah, okay.
7: That's that's fine,
3: you guys. You Cowboy (sighs) fans, you're the worst.
2: I I,
4: I will never cheer for the Cowboys. Thank you. Ever. Is he diminutive?
3: He is diminutive. diminutive. So here's my number one. My number one is that the Colorado Avalanche were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Thank you, Vince Dunn. Thank you, Jaden Schwartz. Thank you, Seattle Kraken, because Bozo is not going to have another playoff run with that team. And guess what? The Phoenix Suns are coming back. The Phoenix Suns are coming back. And Bozo is not going to make it past the round in the NBA. Don't tell Rock
4: that. Yeah, Rock tried to pretend like he didn't hear that. He's a Nuggets fan. He's a, you know why? Because of the owner. I mean, yeah. Him wow.
0: Oh, I, I, I believe that too.
4: Yeah. Hang out in the box when they go to when he goes to Denver. Yeah.
3: I saw the picture. So here's the question though: When you guys go to the restroom, <laughs> does he <laughs> have <laughs> a security keep you out too? <laughs> these are these are scurrilous lies.
8: Uh. So Nikola Jokic man Nikola Jokic a trade to a different team. Uh, yeah. Now. Better, please. (laughs) Before the riot shows
3: up, (laughs) those are what we loved about the weekend here on 101 ESPN. Stupid cowboys. (laughs) Birdwatch is coming your way next.
5: Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, Evergreen, and AZEC to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials, guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri or online at hackmanstl.com
1: to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Matthew,
3: did you say
8: that Evander Holyfield has become a two-sport star? (laughs) Uh, No, just Evander. He just goes by one name. Um, But I think Evander Holyfield could put in a penalty kick. I would think so, too. I agree. Uh, Hey, guys. Time for the bird watch.
3: So the Cardinals go two and eight on the road trip, and kids, in the ten games, they made eight errors, and that doesn't even include a couple of the plays that didn't count as errors. Yesterday, Brendan Donovan dropping that ball down the first baseline that wound up being a double. The first and foremost thing you have to do in baseball in 2023 is play clean baseball, because inevitably, other teams will play like the Cardinals are playing right now, and they'll lose the games. Here's what's happening to your St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, they aren't hitting, and yes, the pitching has been questionable and certainly really uh, interrupt me sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay uh but here's the thing it all starts with playing good clean baseball and not handing victories to the other team and that's exactly what the cardinals are doing right now and there there's no way you can win you can win if you don't hit well you can find a way to manufacture a run You can win by slugging if you have a period of time where you don't pitch well. Generally, you have to pitch well. But for your pitching to be good, your fielding has to be good. There's no way that you can be a good team if your fielding is bad. And right now, over the course of the last several weeks, and it's beyond the 10-game road trip, But the Cardinal defense has just been deficient and it looks to me like it's deteriorating before our eyes and it's really troubling. To me, that's the foundation of where the Cardinals problems lie is with the bad defense.
4: How do you get that back in order in terms of how do you become a better defensive team if you're not if you're struggling and not having the success that you need?
3: How do you get those fundamentals back into play? Kerry, I don't know if you can do it in twenty twenty three. But when we were going to games as kids, mm-hmm. we saw the team take infield before the game. Yeah, practice. Yeah, I would think that that's probably the best way. If you are not strongly, fundamentally drilled, get your teams out there to get your team out there to be better by practicing those sorts of things. Nolan Arenado practices. Paul Goldschmidt practices. Ozzy Smith practice, The greats, the Hall of Famers, they make an effort to get better. This is a really young team and they're making a lot of young player mistakes, I think what they need to do is point out to the players, hey, you are young, you aren't a finished product, we need to get out there and work on it.
4: I agree, and and it's, it's the willingness to do so. It, it's about, as a professional athlete, you have a job to do, and if you're not doing your job well enough, then Randy you generally don't get to continue to have that job or have those opportunities. We watched it pretty much all season with the Blues. There was some frustration with guys not giving effort. Yet those guys were continuously playing the amount of minutes that they were. If you expect something different, then you have to do something different and 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 right now the Cardinals are at a point 10 and 19. They're at a point in their season, and we've talked about, oh, it's early. We're past early now. Now mm-hmm. this is panic should be starting to stir up because they are not performing well. When they pitch well, they're not hitting well. when they hit well, they're not pitching well. It's all not coming together or clicking at the same time. And so someone or something has to be changed and they got to figure some things out in order to to get it going in the direction that they want to get it going in.
3: And the Padres have not hit a lick. The Padres are one of the worst offensive teams in baseball this year despite all of that talent. But they're right there in their division hunt. They're a game back of first because they've made the fewest errors in Major League Baseball. Their defense is solid. The Arizona Diamondbacks are in first place in the West. Why? Well, because they're playing defense. They've made only eight errors all year long. The Cardinals made eight eight on their road trip. Houston, traditionally. Great. They've only made 10 errors, and that's why they're in the hunt again. The teams that win at the end of the season generally play really good defense, and the Cardinals right now... It's not for a lack of ability or not playing good defense.
0: Yeah, it's just hard to figure out because I know that these are two obviously very different sports, but it almost reminds me of the Blues with how much the special teams has dropped Mm -hmm. off, right? Because you had literally one of the best special teams in the NHL, and then they dropped completely off where it was like one of the worst. And you're like, how does that even happen? You have a lot of the same guys. It doesn't make any sense with the Cardinals fundamentals typically is I would say you would consider part of the Cardinals way and it seems like they, they're just lacking that. You're 100%
3: on. right and Brooke I think there's some similarities. The Blues lose Jim Montgomery The Cardinals lose Skip Schumacher, Mm. who is a a key part of that coaching staff and and getting everything together. Not only that, but losing people like Yachty, who was, even though he was only here for half a year, but he was a defensive stalwart. Losing a guy like Albert Pujols, who did bring it to players' attention that the details are important. I I wonder if those losses right now off the field are bigger than I thought that they were going to be.
4: Well, I think, you know— I try not to put so much stock into who's not here, right? It's about the guys that are, that are here. And the ones that are here are the ones that have to compete every day. They have to do the work every day and they have to get better every Mm -hmm. day. And if you're not able to, or not willing to, then you're going to continue to
3: lose and you have no one else to be mad at other than yourself. Organizationally you have to force people to be better. Sometimes some people don't handle a demand for excellence very well, but that's what the Cardinals have to do is they have to demand excellence from those players.
4: I agree. That's and my and, and that's the to me that's the 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 Cardinal that is the Cardinal way, demanding excellence and demanding guys to do their to do their job how they need to get it done.
0: Yeah. Well, my bird watch. There we go is going to be Adam Wainwright for this weekend. We're getting closer to his return. If anything, I'm more interested in what it's going to mean for the rest of the starting rotation, because I do think that there's something that you need to shake up here. When it comes to this team, there's some different roster moves. Do you DFA, Taylor Motter? Do you bring up Juan Yepes? I mean, is there, there's a lot of questions. What do you do with Jake Woodford in this situation? What about Steven Matz? We knew that they were even possibly, you know, thinking about skipping his start. Is he going to be a future reliever for this team? Which I know that it's pricey for a reliever, but at this point it's about what's going to work for this team, right? To get them the most wins. So with Adam Wainwright this weekend, uh, we're getting closer and possibly be slated to start maybe Friday. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: So I think that would be huge. In the clubhouse, like you say. Yes. And then on the field as well. Because the the unquestioned leader of that club right now is Adam Wainwright.
4: Do you think when Adam comes back, he's just looking at like when he gets here and he sees some of the lack of fundamentals, there's a bird right there. You missed him. It was outside. Oh. <laughs> uh, come coming and listen to our bird watch. Yeah. And do you think when Adam comes back and he, he sees some of the lack of fundamentals, he's just like, guys, what the heck are
3: y'all doing? I think so. Like, what are y'all, like, what are y'all doing? And I think he'll point out, okay, this is how we go about winning. This is the best way to win. I don't think that he'll say what are, What are we doing? I think he'll handle it in a positive manner. But he'll he'll try to convince players that the best way to try to win is to do so by exhibiting fundamentals. Yeah,
4: doing your job. Yeah, doing your job. The yeah. job that you're paid to do. Yeah, I think that's generally uh, um, how you should uh, get it done. I think that's fair, Brooke. To your point, I- I'm looking at these uh, pictures, and when Wayne Wright comes back. Stephen Matz may be the one on the outside looking in and maybe it's to the bullpen now you got to move some pieces around. I I don't know if he goes out and has another start in the way that he has his previous starts how you can continue to say okay we can we can trust this guy. At some point it comes down to trust and Jordan Hicks wasn't trusted for a while, and now I think he's starting to build that trust back up because of his performance in the last few games. When you are not doing your job, you start losing out on those opportunities, or you should, because there should be guys clamoring for that opportunity to come in and take your job when you're not doing well.
3: Agreed. I'm with you. And one other quick question. Let's spend a minute on this. Is there any chance, do you see anything that would lead you to believe that any of the lack of success could be rooted back to the second game of the season when Marmol ripped O'Neal? No. I don't.
0: I, I just don't. I, I think it has to be way more than that. Yeah, I,
3: I don't I don't sense a lack of effort on the part of the team.
4: It's not a lack of effort. It's just a lack of getting the job done. Yeah. You can be a try-hard guy. I, I've seen try-hard guys, and then there are guys that are supreme talented and, and can do all things, and then there's guys that are just trying to figure it out. And right now, this Cardinals team is trying to figure it out. You got a lot of talented guys, guys that would be playing starting in other organizations if they were to be moved. But they aren't performing well enough, and that's the player that has nothing to do with the coach and and him yelling at you about effort or, or being upset. That co- boils down to me doing my job because I don't want to let jo- uh, Jordan Montgomery down after he's had his fourth quality start and he's got he's held this team to one run, and we got to do our job to get get on the board.
0: So. The only thing that possibly, and I brought this up before the show started, is the mixed messages. Even I'm kind of getting a little bit confused with some of the mixed messages. Tommy Edmond, you said, during spring training, is going to be your starting shortstop. Mm -hmm. Who's your shortstop right now? Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung. They also said that Paul DeYoung would be used as more of like a utility guy. Not really happening thus far. You also say, we played the tape last week where Jordan Walker, when he got here, he's going to stay here. That's not happening. You also had Moselock saying the other day that Lars Newpar is exclusively going to be your center fielder. That didn't happen. So if we're getting confused about some of the messages, couldn't you imagine that the players would be a little bit confused as well with the messages as well?
4: Yes, I, 100%. I think if you don't – I said this last week when we were talking about the outfield rotation before they, they sent Jordan Walker down. If you come to work every day and don't know if you're actually going to ha- work – it is a tough deal to go through your day. It changes how you prepare. It changes how you go about your day. Obviously, as a professional, you need to be locked in and dialed in every single day, assuming that you're going to play. But when you get there and get to the ballpark and you realize your name's not on that lineup card, oh, boom, okay, now I just have a whole different swing of emotions. And it's it's been like that throughout the entire season, I think. I think, as like you said, Brooke, you hit the nail on the head. Coming to work every day. Paul DeYoung is going to be a utility guy. Oh, he's starting every day. We're going to see Newt Bar in center field. Oh, nope, we're going to use Edmund. I mean, uh, we're going to use uh, Dylan Carlson and, and, and figure that out. And now Jordan Walker, he's going to be your starting right fielder from day one. Nope, we're going to send him down because he needs to work on some things. It's a lot of mixed messages, and it can be a bit confusing for us that are on the outside looking in, but specifically for those guys that are in the locker room because as a coach, when the coach says something –
3: That's what we lean on, and we Mm -hmm. have to trust that that's the truth. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we have Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399
2: 9646.
3: 314 399. Yo ho! Tioli next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or
1: Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there?
3: With Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Matthew Rocchio, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us here on 101 ESPN. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399 9646. 314 399. Yo All right, uh, Matthew Kachuk was the centerpiece of the Florida Panthers' massive upset of the Boston Bruins. Uh, take it or leave it. Doug Armstrong regrets not doing whatever it took to get Matthew Kachuk.
0: I was thinking about oh, that last it. night. I, I have to take it. I would have. I mean, he would have been so good Difference as blue record. and a leader. He is yeah. such a leader.
4: Yep. Listening to him after the game, he said, "You know, this is probably the greatest upset in, in NHL history." Hmm. He understands all the things and what took place in that moment, and uh, you know they uh, they did a fantastic job of ousting that Bruins team there.
3: Yeah, unbelievable. And by the way. Uh, the, the Saint Louis and we got to cheer for the Saint Louis and he is just so much like his dad. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
4: My take or to leave it is gonna stay with the uh, hockey and it's gonna go with the Bruins side of it. Take or to leave it. Jim Montgomery woke up this morning regretting the decision to start Jeremy Swayman. I'll take it. Yes. I right, how do you how do you how do you do that? How how do you come to it's that? hockey? I don't give <laughs> a hoot. I know it's <laughs> weird. Why would you do that? Yep. If it works out, then he, 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 perfect. If he goes out there and, and stands on his head and doesn't allow anything, he he's a has a shutout, you are looking like a genius. But if you lose a game seven at home to a team, they were forty some odd points behind them in the regular yeah. season mm-hmm. I read that right? Forty yeah. yep. three. You can't you can't go out in Boston for the next month and a half. Yeah, stay in your house. <laughs> <laughs> you can't well, uh.
3: Yeah, I can't imagine Boston Sports Talk Radio today. <laughs> By the way, Linus Allmark, this year, 40 wins, 6 losses, 1 overtime loss, and a save percentage of 938. He was yeah. unbelievable, 1.89 goals against.
4: In, in good... in best news for us, Jim Montgomery might be back here sooner than later. Yeah, you know. I don't think so. <laughs> you know no. You
0: don't know, think that's a fireable no. offense? No. No. Oh,
4: okay. Wishful thinking.
0: I, maybe it's just the president's trophy curse, which was going to mm-hmm. be mine. So for some reason, we all went Bruins, <laughs> so I'm going to yeah. go a different direction, okay? Yeah. Because I feel like that's weird if we just all go Bruins. Um, so I'm going to steal this one from the 314 because this is a good one. Take it or leave it. The word of the day is nine because the Cardinals are 0-9 in opening series oh. this we, this season.
4: Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Oh, Do we have nine? Did we get up? Tonight? We could get nine. We can find it. I'm, I, you, Randy, can I give you some uh, advice? Yes, sir. You might want to stock that thing up.
8: <laughs> oh. I don't
4: even know if they have ten. <laughs> Randy, you might want to you might want to see how many you can get. Because it ain't looking good. First game of series, second game of series. Maybe you win the third one. Maybe you're not. I mean, they go two and eight. On the West Coast, you win two games, the final games against Seattle and San
8: Francisco.
9: You got it? We got the number. The
0: number of the day, favorite one of mine, the number of the day is Nine. nine. We're so excited, but it's terrible. Uh, it's, it's
7: awful.
4: <laughs> this is hard living, man. I, I couldn't imagine being one of those teams, one of the See, this is you know what, Cardinals fans, you you've, you've said it for years. You've complained and now you are getting you are getting the fruits of, of all of those complaints. Mm-hmm. You you complained about oh and, and you had people say, "Well, what if we were the Reds? What if we were the Pirates?" In years past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look at us now. Yeah, here we are. Here I we would are. love to be
0: the Pirates right now. They were, were the not, first to twenty yeah. wins in like the National League, right? They're awesome. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be, be the Pirates right
4: yeah. now? What are they going to do this season? Eighty-one and eighty-one. I'm talking about the no, no, the Pirates. What are they? Yeah, eighty-one and eighty-one. Oh, they're going to
3: be eighty-one. I thought still... they were going to win the World Series. Well, yeah, they'll win the World <laughs> Series, but they'll finish eighty-one and eighty-one and win the NL Central. Uh, what do we got on the old text line there, Matthew?
8: Take it or leave it, 80 wins is out of reach for the St. Louis Cardinals. This is hard to, you know. It's. They got 10 right now. Yeah, from a
3: <laughs> from a mathematical standpoint, games. and I am not great at math, but they would have to go 71 and, let's see, 71, 81, 71, 61, 71 and 62? Uh, yeah, that'd be it. 71 and 62, the rest of the way. Doesn't seem like 81 wins is in the cards. <laughs>
0: I just don't. That's terrible, though. That's so below. Mo's
3: never had a losing season. Mo's never. He took over in 2008. He's never had a losing season.
0: I I would prefer that it doesn't happen this season. I think they're on
4: pace to win like 55 games.
3: Yeah, that uh, that 345 winning percentage is not. That's very uh, (laughs) tiger-esque. That's not great, is it? No. Let's see if we can play this
0: big yikes. I, I mean, it's just, at this point, if they could just win the the first game of a series, I will start to feel a lot better about anything. I mean, just anything. anything. yeah. Because mm-hmm. it just, at this point, it's getting ridiculous, right? Because, I mean, the other teams go in knowing, well, at least we know we'll take the first game of the series. Yeah, right, yeah. We, that's we'll their game plan going in against the Cardinals at this moment. Yeah,
3: 55, that's right, 55 and 107.
0: Um,
8: Not great. Yeah. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Arnauto coming out of his slump will help the entire team out of their slump.
0: Take it. it. Well,
3: that would make a difference, yes.
0: You don't think it would be enough to at least get things going? Well,
3: if he and Goldie both get hot and then the defense improves and the pitching is good, then yeah.
8: Take it or leave it. By Friday, Jordan Walker is starting at third for the Cardinals (laughs) because Nolan Arnauto is on the DL. You
3: know, that is so Cardinal. Yeah, I'll take it.
0: There's no I'm way. gonna leave that. No, play, no, they, we
3: play Gorman at third. Yeah, we're yeah. Leave
0: Gorman.
8: That's the only. I like. The, I like where their brains at though. I can't. I can't help but. Uh, but uh, think that way. Take your leave. The season's cardinal troubles can be directly traced back to the release of Mike Shield at the end of the 2021 season. The cards were on a positive trajectory, and since then, it's been a downward slide
0: know if you could say fully downward slide.
8: They
3: did uh, go to the playoffs in each of his three full seasons and went last year to the playoffs. But now it seems as if things are slowly but surely just deteriorating under the the current regime. So... uh, I'll take it because the statistics tell me that they did go to the playoffs three full in
8: his three full years. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals' biggest problem is they don't seem to know how to turn prospects into stars. And, Brooke, I now have your mm. burner phone number.
0: That's not uh, my burner yeah, phone number. I didn't text anything about that this weekend. <laughs> Here's the thing. When's the last time the Cardinals
3: had a top 10 pick? Top 15 pick.
0: That's a good question. It's it's
3: not like they're drafting the Chris Bryants and the Carlos Correas of the world. Now, they're doing a very good job under the circumstances. Not as good as the Dodgers, who also never have a top 10 pick. But one of the things that helps you get superstar quality players is having picks in the top 5 and in the top 10. And the Cardinals just have not had those.
8: Um, Brent Wallace was 13th overall in 2008.
3: Is that the, the highest... Every sin, every pick since then has been lower, right?
8: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Gonzalez and Walker were 19, but I mean, it's, I mean, I'm trying to think, something in the low teens. It's Brett Wallace at 13, probably and then to before back to that, Looper. It's Sean Boyd at 13, and then JD, right. JD Drew at fifth.
3: Okay, bloop, uh, JD and Looper, drew and then
8: Looper's third. A couple years before that,
3: yeah. So it's been a while since the Cardinals have been drafting with the likes of Baltimore, Houston, the Cubs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And they have not done a great job of div- because clearly they can evaluate young talent, but they have not done a great job of getting their international signings to the majors and turning them into stars here.
4: They I think they've done a good job with the prospects that they do have. It's just when they get here, you you still got to perform. You have to perform then. Yeah. You got to do a you got to do a better job. Yeah, that was, my,
0: right. that was my question. I texted to you guys this weekend. Who would you consider to be the Cardinals' last big talent that they've successfully developed? So someone who's been through their system, a top prospect, and has done well in the majors with the Cardinals specifically.
3: And I think you have to go to Matt Carpenter. Matt was a three-time All-Star, three-time Top 12 MVP, one of the great leadoff hitters in the expansion era of baseball. He, and people have a tendency to look only at the most recent thing they saw. He was a great player for several years 12 13 14 15 16 and then 18 for the Cardinals he was a really good player for a long time and so I would say that that's probably the one
8: take it or leave it. this is just most script to make an all-time comeback during his final contract yeah I'll
3: take it, it wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't surprise anybody <laughs> <laughs>
8: hmm. All right, fair enough. take it or leave it. the Cardinals will lose 100 games yeah I'm gonna leave that you're gonna leave
3: it <laughs> yeah
8: I mean, they're on pace. I gave you the number.
3: This team is number one. Uh, This group of players is not losing 100 games. Okay? They're just not. Here's the other thing about this. If you are the Cardinals, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, let me check this. Uh, History is on the side here. I don't believe the Cardinals have ever lost 100 games in a season. I don't think any addition of the Cardinals... In uh, history has had triple digit loss oh yeah they did lose 105 in 1908 and 101 <laughs> in 1907 and then they lost uh, back in the 1800s they lost and they were 100. stinking it up then yeah right? but uh the, this is just not a franchise that uh, loses 100 games and they aren't trying to bail out here they they don't want to tank they're not trying to bail they're not trying to stink but the i think the
4: issue is randy they are trying and they're still losing that's concerning to me. Like it would be one thing if mm-hmm. you weren't, if you didn't have the players to be successful. They have the players. They have the lineup. They have all of the positions required. Yep. You think, and they're still losing. That's more concerning than 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 not
3: having guys there. Agree with you 100%. Yeah. When you look at the names on the back of the jerseys and compare them to everybody else in the division, there's no excuse for the Cardinals to be in last None. place. No. None. None. None at all. So thank you, Matthew. Thank you very much, Randy. And thanks very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Coming up, the Cardinals still at only two series wins after a month. Can this team turn it around before June? Better. What's next on 101 ESPN. You're
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take.
2: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
3: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive. It is a good morning, which I doubt. Rips one to left. This is pretty deep. Burleson is back near the wall. It is gone.
6: No matter. Most likely loses it again anyway.
9: On third, two out. Here's Austin Barnes. First pitch swinging. A base hit into center field. The
10: Dodgers
3: on the board first. Will goes after the first pitch on a line.
9: And Carlson didn't know what to do at first.
3: End of the road. Nothing to do and no hope of things getting better. <laughs> wow. Sounds like Saturday night at my house.
7: <laughs> I can't.
3: 806 Eeyore. in St. Louis. A time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Uh, thank you, Eeyore. <laughs> Doom and gloom. Yeah, the Cardinals. Uh, by the way, they, they took it on the chin yesterday in L. A. by a score of six to three. Oh, they took it on the chin Saturday. Oh, they took it on the chin Friday. That, Randy, two, two, two and eight road trip. Two
4: and eight, two eight, and eight. eight. on the West
3: Coast. Yeah. yeah,
4: not great. No, not great at all.
0: Mm-mm. No. They, they and finished you know how they
3: started, though. I mean, <laughs> the, th- the, you the give problem them that? is, is they do have good players, but it's hard for me to envision during the course of the season the defense and the fundamentals improving. It's very difficult if what you implemented in spring training doesn't change. And the only re- way and, and I'm not advocating for a managerial change by any stretch of the imagination. I like Holly Marmol and I don't want anybody to lose their job. But the teams that have turned things around during a season Exhibit A last year's Philadelphia Phillies were considered the worst defensive team in the history of the game, and they replaced Joe Girardi with Rob Thompson. Rob Thompson Thompson makes a couple of moves. He puts Brendan Stott in at shortstop, and uh, they 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 move uh, 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 VR over to second base. I think uh, whoever it was is the second that they had last year, I think it was yeah. And then uh, they wound up becoming better defensively. They wound up going to to the World Series, and the one thing and Kerry, you talk a lot about the execution of the players, but they have to be drilled on what pop proper execution is. They have to know what to do. And, I'm, again, I'm not saying the Cardinals don't know what to do. They have a very good coaching staff. But for whatever reason, it's not happening. During that 10-game road trip, the Cardinals made eight errors and gave away a ton, a ton of outs. They, they, it's tough to watch. I'm,
4: I'm reading this tweet by Katie Wu. Uh, they finished the month of April with a last-place record of 10-19 and 19 and are off to their worst start in 50 years. And so my question—the first thing that pops into my head—is when you are struggling like that, an organization that is known for success, who in that who in that clubhouse is the person that is going to say, "Hey, this is not who we are. This is not what we stand for. This is not our standard." And you start to think about, okay, well, who in that clubhouse has won a championship? Adam Wainwright, Wilson Contreras has, but it was with mm-hmm. the with the Chicago Cubs. It was not with this organization. As a rookie, too. And so you have to have guys that have. Been through the fire, had the ups and the downs, won championships, and Randy. As much as 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 great as Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are, they are future Hall of Famers. They are going to go down as some of the greatest baseball players to play this game. Until you actually win a championship, you don't know how to win a championship. It's just it it, it takes some figuring out, and those guys have to win a championship in order to to. just have that that thought or have that feeling about them so it's gonna hopefully when adam comes back he can have that mindset and he can get those guys you know showing them and telling them exactly how we do things as a as a st louis cardinal
0: well, the thing is, is a lot of these guys have been through a lot of fire. Because you even look at, was that the 2019 season when they had that 17-game win streak, Randy? Mm-hmm. They, they've they been through that situation where they do know how to pull themselves back into this thing. And we've talked about this early on, too, where they're a second half of the season team. They typically know how to turn things around. It just looks very weird and Uncardinal like to your point of this is just not what we typically see out of the Cardinals. The fundamentals seem lost. You can't say that it's bad luck anymore because it just looks like the execution is not there properly, and you wonder if the messages are getting lost, and if you're bringing up leaders in this organization, you really did lose a lot of leaders, if you really think about it. Some guys that you were used to having around. You don't have Yadier Molina anymore. Mm -hmm. I know that Albert Pujols was just back for one season, but we saw the impact that he had with players and how he mentored them. That That was was his clubhouse.
3: That was absolutely Albert's clubhouse. Yeah,
0: and then you don't have Adam Wainwright to start the season here. I mean, I know that he was around the team at certain points and stuff like that, but still, he—it's different when he's actually playing in those games. and going to have more of an impact in that way. But also, too, you lose Skip. Mm-hmm. You bring in two new faces with a hitting coach, and then also your. Uh, pitching coach as well you wonder how if all those different things happening at once if it just really changed the culture of that clubhouse and they're still searching for an identity right now I know I keep saying that but you know I mean see you know this as well if a group doesn't have any identity and people aren't buying in to whatever philosophy you're trying to push it's hard to really get far into this I've, Successfully,
4: I, I mean, I, I've been on bad teams and I've been a leader on a bad team. We went 1-11 my senior year, and it was the hardest thing that I've ever had to do because trying to get people to buy in that either weren't talented enough or unwilling to do so— it's extremely frustrating and 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 it get it gets to the point where okay well you know you guys aren't going to do it now it's <laughs> let me take care of my business because I got to look forward to the future and so i i don't think that this cardinals team has gotten to that point yet where they're you know selfishly looking for how to get themselves what they need to get for the next contract or for the next season but i do think that they are they're closing in on a point where if people aren't buying in completely or aren't doing their their job well enough, you're gonna start to feel some of that. And again, I think you felt some of that with the Blues this year. You mm-hmm. saw players maybe not giving their all for their teammate because it wasn't in my best interest. And so that's generally what happens if you're on a on a bad team. Mm-hmm. You're gonna start looking out for yourself. And I don't think I don't think they're there yet. But I think it could get to that point if they don't start winning some games and having some success.
3: Tomorrow, 6.45 at the ballpark. The Angels are in town, and they'll pitch Pablo Sandoval, who is uh, 2-1 with a 3.16. No, Patrick Sandoval. Pablo is big uh, (laughs) panda. 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 (laughs) But he'll be opposed by Steven Matz, who's 0-3 with a 6.23. The Rockies are also off today, but the Rockies play the Brewers tomorrow night, and that'll be Freddy Peralta against uh, Feltner for Colorado, the youngster that faced the Cardinals, Ryan Feltner. If the Cardinals lose to the Angels and the Rockies somehow would beat the Brewers tomorrow, then the Cardinals would be tied for the worst record in the National League. That's today's fresh take here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk some blues hockey with the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. Next on 101 ESPN.
2: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues Booth.
1: Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at boardwalkhardwood.com.
3: Gary, Randy, we go to the celebrity line. Chris Kerber is standing by. Good morning, Kerbs. My NHL Stanley Cup bracket is a
10: mess. (laughs) I think that's a good thing for a lot of people. Not
3: that yours is a
10: mess, but I just think for the game itself, it's pretty good.
3: Yeah. How about what happened to Boston? You know what? It's kind of amazing. that You know, a lot of people, well, a lot of vocal
10: people have said that, you know, they hate the way the NHL playoffs are set up because maybe there's like, 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 they feel that the second-round series, for example, between Edmonton and Vegas should be a conference final, which is insulting to every other team that's still in the playoffs, right? That that they shouldn't be good enough to be in a conference final. But you look at it, and this was essentially one versus 16. It was the team with the most points in the playoffs against the team with the least points. Boston had a three-game-to-one series lead. Matthew Kachuk was a beast. Uh, Bobrovsky... Finally, uh, I think earned his paycheck for the Florida Panthers, and uh, and what an upset! I mean, that that is, I'm, I'm trying to think, like a couple of years ago before Tampa or before, uh, yeah, before Tampa went on their runs. You know, when they got upset by the Columbus Blue Jackets in that sweep, that that was a pretty big upset. This one's got to be bigger, I think.
4: Hey, Curves, what did you think about uh, Jim Montgomery starting Jeremy Swayman in in the net yesterday?
10: Well, you know what, uh, Henry Lundquist agreed with him the, the night before. You know, and and I think the question, I think the question was, should that have happened beforehand? Um, you know, but yeah, the, the, there was a feel. Listen, when you get into a playoff series and you go to a game seven, and the guy that you have basically used. The guy that you're basically used to to come to dig in and, and, and to, to get you to the 65 wins, you're doubting. You've got some issues all of a sudden that have crept in you didn't expect.
4: Does that does that loss, I mean, with him starting that game and, and losing
10: that game, does
6: that discredit, I mean, can that discredit the entire season just by that
4: one t-
10: loss? No, no see, i know, a lot of people I tend to think that. I mean, I
1: mean,
10: here I mean, you know better than anybody, you know, in the room right now. I mean, you're a pro athlete. You know that there are going to be sometimes the playoffs aren't going to go your way or some things aren't going to go your way. Uh, but I don't know that it discredits any other great thing that you did over the course of the year. Yeah. Left I mean, would you, would you would you like hurry, to see a season a where you run, set a record for wins and points that the league has never five, seen, culminate in a Stanley Cup championship? Sure, but they still they still did something in the regular season that had never been done before. So to me, I've never looked at sports that way. I don't look at sports that way that a championship has to validate something else. And not like, and I mean, Dan Marino's career is still one of the great examples of this, right? I mean. A great quarterback that does he need to be validated with a championship i i don't know i don't think so
0: what did you all speaking of really important players you know you brought up matthew kachuk i don't know i was a little i was a little jealous because all i could think about curbs is that he should have been a blue don't you kind of wish that that would have panned out because he was a huge difference maker obviously for the panthers
10: oh yeah i got a lot of wishes along those lines <laughs> there's 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 a lot of different players, too, I've kind of wished. Although I I got my way when I was growing up, when I got to see Tony Pena and Pedro Guerrero play in a Cardinals uniform. So, you know, some wishes do come true. But, you know, this one in the end worked out right for Matthew. Uh, And listen, the the game-tying goal with a minute to go, there's a little nuance to that play that if you go back and you watch it. So the game-tying goal, Matthew Kachuk goes right to the front of the net. The game-winning goal, Matthew Kachuk goes right to the front of the net. But if you go back to the game-tying goal, Swayman kinda takes a little extra nudge out of his crease to go and kinda shove the chuck. And I think that Dak talked about that half second delay and him getting back to the post to make what would have been a huge save right at the end of the game instead the Panthers tie the game up. So so many little impactful things that he has done. Not just picking up the ten or eleven points he had in that series. You know, but, but those are massively impactful things. His body in front of the net is what allowed for Hage to score that goal. The, the game-winning goal go in and overtime, I mean, that's, takes a look that, those at are, that's winning hockey, those are little when I we talk about the, like, pulling like it back to, to the Blues minute, when we talk about the Blues and changes and things, the little, the little detailed things that matter to win games, those are it, Matthew DeChuck did it terrifically, and let the Florida Panthers on that comeback.
3: For people that are 25 or younger, you mentioned at the top how this is so different, but uh, if you're 25, you don't remember Seattle, Dallas, Vegas, Edmonton, either the Rangers or the Devils, Carolina, the Maple Leafs, or Florida winning a Stanley Cup. This is going to be essentially a brand new Stanley Cup champion for a lot of people for, for multiple generations.
10: Randy, you, you and I are on the same page on that. I was actually looking that up earlier this morning while I was waiting for the kids to get out the door for school, and I started going, "Okay, well, Carolina, okay, they were, but they were 0-6." you know and then and the New Jersey Devils were a couple years before that okay but then you got to go you know the Rangers are 94 you know the Islanders obviously long before that I mean, yeah this it was it's really kind of a cool aspect to it and um, and, and I think that that is that, that is great I, I think it's great for a fan base who saw the impact of what winning that first up year meant and you're right because you, you, you kind of think okay well teams like the New York Rangers you know their original team, okay well their last Stanley cup was was 94 you're talking about a generation and a half of fans of, of that have maybe grown up that haven't seen that. You know, so to me, uh, that, that that's a huge part of this where I think it's it's great to see what happens. I mean, let's face it, guys. Uh, it, it was awesome to watch Seattle beat Colorado. I mean, we don't want to drop the team yeah, yeah. going <laughs> further, right? I mean, you, just like it was well, great, awesome watching Arsenal lose over the weekend too, right? Same mm-hmm. reason. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I love the fact that this is going on. And, you know, you had you had Washington win in 18, the Blues win in 19, right? And then, then Tampa wins in the bubble. Here you've got another three-year stretch where you're going to have a different Stanley Cup champion. I, I think it's fantastic.
3: Curbs of the Blues do such a great job for their season ticket holders. And there's an event coming up Wednesday over at Enterprise Center for the season ticket holders. A little open house, right?
10: Yeah, you know what? And this this is great. So if fans wanna pop on down, you get a chance to put your butt in some seats, you get a chance to, to, to get around the arena a little bit, see what some of the amenities are. And listen, this this is important, but you gotta value it. When you pick a seat, when you pick a seat, you gotta go you go sit in it and then you walk to the concourse and you say, Okay, how far are the bathrooms? And if you've got kids, you go, How far are the <laughs> family bathrooms? You go, Where's the beer stand? You know, if, if you're out at like Bush Stadium or you're out at the soccer park, for example, like, you know, like, OK, am I undercover? Like with the rain hits, where does it go? We don't have to worry about that in the arena, obviously. But you do things like this and you like that's why if you're doing outdoor stuff, it's always good to go pick your seats on a rainy day. It's just my my own little nugget for everybody out there. But you come in, you find out where the beer stands are, you find out where your favorite concession stand is, and you pick your seats close to them for convenience. So now with the order ahead factor, it, it's even easier. So this is a great day on, on Wednesday for fans to get down there and check out some seats for season tickets.
3: Pick some up. Curbs, always great to have you with us. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Have an awesome week. You too. That is the Voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, here on 101 ESPN. Coming up... We've got the fight. Do we have a fighter for the fight? We need a fighter. Need a fighter. So text in three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six three one four three nine nine. 399 Yoho. Did you have something you wanted to add there, Brooke? Were you holding your hand up or were you
0: No, I was just I was getting ready for Yoho. That was oh, literally good. what I was doing. <laughs> I was literally just like getting I like the right does, body position, uh-huh. like everything. I was just making sure that I could do my best yo ho, okay? It was a tremendous
3: yo ho too. It's fantastic. <laughs> the fight's coming your way on 101 one ESPN.
1: To the
2: opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight!
4: Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Mike. Mike, how you doing?
9: I'm good, Kerry. How are you?
4: Doing well. You ready to take on Randy?
9: I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm one in two lifetime against Randy here. All so we right, I'm looking to get 500 today.
4: Let's go. Here we go. When the Saints traded their entire draft in 1999 to move up from the 12th pick to the fifth pick to draft Ricky Williams, which team did they trade with? Was it the Indianapolis Colts, the Washington Redskins, or the Miami Dolphins? The Miami Dolphins.
0: All right. Which Major League Baseball team just went the whole month of April without a single starting pitcher earning a win? Is it the Rockies, the A's, or the or, or the Royals?
9: The let's go the Royals.
4: Stephen Curry joined Illustrious Company over the weekend as he became just the second player, thirty-five or older, to score two hundred points in a single playoff series. Who is the only other player to achieve that feat? Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, or LeBron James?
9: Oh, I'm always gonna go with the GOAT, so let's go, Michael Jordan.
0: The Maple Leafs won their first playoff series in almost 7,000 days, last beating which Canadian team in the 04 Stanley Cup playoffs? Is it the Ottawa Senators, Montreal Canadiens, or Winnipeg Jets?
1: Can you repeat that, Brooke? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. The Maple Leafs won their first playoff series in almost 7,000 days, last beating which Canadian team in the 04 Stanley Cup playoffs? Senators, Canadians, or Jets? The Canadians.
8: All right, we will double check the score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Mike, how you feeling?
9: And uh, the words all bow tie, not great.
8: Not
4: great. <laughs> Is there a, a, a specific topic that you were looking for today?
9: Well, you know, I'm good on the Cardinals stuff. Uh, it was, it was a little, uh, it was a little, little, a wide range today. A yeah, wide it was a wide variety.
4: I, I do yep. agree. Yep. We touched on pretty much everything, almost.
9: <laughs> Randy, yeah, say hello. Yeah. I got the big
4: four
3: in there. <laughs> say hello to Mike. Mike, hello. good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. How are you? Doing terrific. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it.
9: Yeah, thank you. My daughter and I listen every day. She's actually sitting next to me here. Right. Hello. Well, Hi. Hey. Yeah.
3: So uh, <laughs> I, I hope that you two win, kind of. <laughs> <laughs>
9: Just, don't make me, just take it easy on me, Randy. Take it easy on we'll, we'll do our
3: best.
4: Here. All right, Randy, here we go. Kay. When the when the Saints traded their entire 1999 draft to move up from 12th to the 5th pick to draft Rookie Williams, which team did they trade with?
3: Mm-hmm. I think, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> that uh, it might have been Mike Ditka trading his entire draft to the then-Washington Redskins in exchange for the uh, Ricky Williams selection fifth pick edger james went fourth he's pretty good he was pretty good yeah uh Tori holt went sixth
4: mm, he's pretty good too
3: he was yeah ricky wasn't bad ricky was really good he was yeah he, he liked his well you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> anywho which major league baseball team just went the whole month of april without a single starter starting pitcher earning a win uh,
3: Brooke, I believe that that would be the unfortunate Las Vegas A's.
0: Oh, I was like, I was like, Randy. wait. Yeah. Oh, they're Soon still in to Oakland.
3: Yeah, that's true. They're good. That record will stay in Oakland forever. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs>
4: Oakland. I'm sure they're Damn. thankful for that. Yeah. Damn. All right, Randy. Stephen Curry joined illustrious company over the weekend when he became just the second player 35 years or older to score 200 points. In a playoff series, in a single playoff series, who is the only other player to achieve that
3: feat? I think I know this, CD, but I'm going to do the lifeline just in case. Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, or LeBron James? I was going to go with the mailman because the mailman had that. I think he was the one that had um, 49 in a game at 35 or beyond. So I'm going to go with the mailman card. Uh, by the way nickname developed and given to him by one Bob Ramsey. The, oh, so I'm going to go with Carl Malone cool. the mailman.
0: The Maple Leafs won their first playoff series in almost 7,000 days. Last beating which Canadian team in the 4 Stanley Cup playoffs?
3: I think it was an epic Ontario series between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators if I'm not mistaken Might be mistaken there, but I'm going to say that that was the Canadian team that they eliminated
8: We have a winner in today's fight was Mike able to even out his career record against Randy Or does the king roll on through ring that Bell the winner
1: and still champion of the fight,
2: Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else?
8: Just win, baby. I'm so sorry, Mike. Randy Carricker beat you today three to one.
9: Mmm. Ah, oh, I got one, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> in fact,
7: you got
8: the you got the one that Randy didn't get, so let's go through those answers. When the Saints traded their entire 1999 draft to move up from 12th to 5th, it was with the, at the time, Washington Redskins. And how did they not turn that into a bunch of winning seasons? I have no idea, actually. Maybe because, because they, the Redskins. Yeah, who
3: was the first-year owner of that squad? Daniel Snyder. There you go.
8: There it is. Which MLB team just went the whole month of April without a single starting pitcher earning the win? It is, in fact, your now Oakland future Las Vegas Athletics. Seven Curry joined Michael Jordan as the only players thirty-five or older to score two hundred points in a single series. Michael did it in the nineteen ninety-eight Conference Finals, and then he followed up and he did it again in the Finals that year. Wow! Because he was he's pretty good. He ridiculous. Was pretty good. Uh And then the Maple Leafs won their first playoff series in almost seven thousand days, last defeating a fellow Canadian team back in the 04 Stanley Cup playoffs. It was in fact a battle of. Is it Ontario? I don't know but, the, uh, Ottawa, Ontario, Ottawa, and yeah, Toronto, yeah, Toronto, Ontario. Ontario. Yeah, battle yes. of Ontario. I don't know the I don't know the provinces. Uh, well, at least Andrew, in other provinces in that state. That's exactly, state but it was, in fact, the Ottawa Senators facing off against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So a 3-1 win for Randy Carriker. Mike, thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight today.
9: Guys, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Randy, love you. I've been listening since I was a kid, so appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate
3: you. Thank you very much, and tell your daughter thanks for listening, too.
9: Definitely. Thank you,
3: guys. Have a great thank day. You
0: he wins he wins an extra point for that that's so sweet. Yeah. it reminds me of like yeah. with what i would do with my dad my dad would always have on sports radio in the car and that was just what we listened to and so that's so sweet
3: it's cool to hear it really is coming up here on 101 espn our friend joe buck will join us joe literally spent his life around mike shannon and he, he has some great memories of mike joseph is next on 101 espn
1: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Swing and a high fly
6: ball into right, curving foul into the corner. That ball may go. It's up against the wall, and now there's Coleman streaking for second, going for third. They're bringing him home. I had a clock on him and he cruised home standing up 14 and a half seconds yeah he wasn't running right off the bat either jack i think that he can get around there now they're calling for him to come out and take a bow and he does coffee Tell you, he's turned it on here in st louis hasn't he jack he can get around there better than that he wasn't oh, yeah. running he yeah. wasn't running at the start and he wasn't running at the finish <laughs>
3: There isn't a fan base that ever had it better than the Cardinals in the 80s with Jack Buck and Mike Shannon on the mic. And later on, Joe Buck had the opportunity to work with Mike. And, and Joe literally knew Mike Shannon for his entire life, has known Mike. And Mike obviously passed away yesterday at the age of 83. Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, And we go to the celebrity line now where Joseph Buck is standing by. Good morning, Joe. How you doing?
9: I'm doing well. That uh, that call brought a smile to my face. I, I'm glad my dad said that uh, he had a clock on Vince Coleman because I was like, from the moment it sounded like the ball hit the bat to the moment it sounded like Vince crossed the plate, seemed like it was about four seconds. <laughs> it
3: really did. And with, with Joe, with that team, and you and I were around that team, and. Uh, with Whitey and and y- your dad and Mike were so tight with Whitey and the way they played, that was just such a fun atmosphere to be around, wasn't it?
9: It was, and and I was uh, you know, I was watching TV last night, and Martin had uh, a little interview with Whitey, and it was just a unique time because I was just thinking how close the broadcasters were with the manager and the coaching staff because I mean my dad and Mike played cards with Whitey, played golf with Whitey. Uh, They played Pinochle. I don't know how many people played Pinochle (laughs) at one time, Uh, but Whitey was a genius at all that stuff. And they were just the best of friends. So they had direct access into everything that was going on with that team. And it it was, it was a special team, a special time during that run through the eighties. And uh, that's really when I fell in love with baseball. I was around in the seventies, but I was, you know going all over Bush Stadium and playing in the back of the booth and raising trouble with Danny Shannon and Mike's son and uh, and by the when the 80s showed up and whitey and all that stuff they had my full attention so I think that's the team and that that's the group that made me really fall in love with a game of baseball
3: and Joe I said this off the bat you literally don't remember life without Mike Shannon as a part of it do you
9: no, because I, you know I was born in 1969, and you know I don't remember the first three years of my life. I don't remember a lot of years <laughs> of my life, but I don't definitely don't remember the first three years of my life. We lived downtown at the mansion house, and uh, then we sure we had, I think just moved out into the county, and that's when Mike would have been coming over uh, to our house to I guess go through like broadcast one on one with my dad. In 1972, so I was three, and uh, yeah, I I considered Mike almost like a second dad, and I think Danny and Tim uh, Shannon considered my dad like their second dad. I mean, we all grew up together, and uh, for me to to get a chance to have this master's class every day of my life is, along with the nepotism and Nepo Baby and all that other stuff, Hmm. I was around you know, two of the greatest minds that broadcast baseball into a microphone every day of my childhood and you know, I'm I'm not the smartest person in the world, but eventually some of that stuff sank in and, and I, I yeah, you know, I'm so indebted to Mike because if you think about it, as I said I grew up with Danny his son and we were we were doing our thing in the back of the booth and, and I started with the Cardinals at twenty one. And had Mike not been into that and been like, I'm not working with Jack's kid or whatever. I I would have never gotten up off the ground. And it was that was the opposite of that. He like took me under his wing. We had a blast on the road. He taught me what being a, a professional broadcaster was like and traveling around with a team, even more than my dad did. So uh, I I'm I'm just I'm, I'm so indebted to that man for so many things, and and that's right at the top of the list. Joe, you knew Mike for such
4: a long time. I learned that he was a standout football player at Mizzou. Did he ever give you any stories about his football career? And and there was talks that maybe he could have been a Heisman Trophy winner if he'd have stuck with it.
9: Yeah, I I always heard that stuff from others. You know, Mm -hmm. I I heard that stuff from like Bob Bragg would say that to me or, you know, somebody would come along and talk about how great Mike was in high school, but Mike was not that guy. He was not the guy – at least around me, that, that would say, you know, you don't know how great I was as an athlete or as a football player, but I know it's legit, and I know that uh, that people really believed that he was as good at football as he was in baseball, uh, which is and basketball too. I mean, he just he just was that kind of guy that was good at everything. And you know, I've said this before, but when you go to the Post Dispatch article today. Uh, that Hummel wrote about my you know attacks in there are the Shannonisms, which <laughs> you know they 're funny they're, and believe I was sitting there for for at least seventy percent of those and and they, they some of them took my breath away at the time, but don 't make the mistake of thinking that he wasn 't smart. he was the opposite of that he He was very, very wise and very keen on. You know, seeing the game and feeling the game and understanding what it was about and who was successful and why and who wasn't and why. And, you know, just was so common sense smart that I would say one of the most intelligent people I've been around is Mike Shannon. And, and you know, you don't get that sense if you read kind of these crazy quotes and and to put one other thing to bed. The man was never drunk on the air. That was always, always just lined up Bud Light because he was doing Bud Light drop-ins and Budweiser drop-ins and, Jack, I'm going to open up an ice-cold frosty one. I lived in that booth. I grew up in that booth. I never saw him take one sip of one beer in the broadcast booth. That was just Mike. That with Those crazy things that he said – just came out of his mind because he thought differently. So he was not drinking while broadcasting the game. That I promise you.
0: Well, Joe, it's it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I mean, he was a fan of the game, and that's what made it fun because it's a lot of the things that you would say at home, but the way that he presented things was just so memorable. We were playing some of his calls earlier. I know it might be tough to just pick out one or maybe even two, but is there just a favorite call of yours that you will just never forget about Mike?
9: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to put my finger on, on any. I, I think that the ability, I just loved it. I was sitting there with the Tatis Knight when he hit two grand slams in the same inning off the same pitcher, uh, which is just ridiculous to even think about. <laughs> <laughs> just when he would go, swing and a home run into lefty, You know, it's like there was no, it was not at the track, at the wall. It might be, it could be, it was just, Swing and a home run into left field. I mean, he just knew off the bat that the ball was gone. So he he never lost his eyes that way. He always knew when a ball was centered and squared up that 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 thing was not coming back. Uh, So those are the ones that kind of, I just, those are the thrilling calls. And yeah, kind of that folksy way that he he would do the game is exactly right. It's like people would talk about it in a bar. It wasn't polished, but that's what made him great. So I, I, you know, there, there will never be another Mike Shannon. I, I talked to Tim, his son, Danny last night, and I was like, he got to heaven and God was like, man, I created this guy. <laughs> because I, He just is such a unique dude that I, I just can't even go. The stories are endless of the things that he did on the road. Uh, and and he just man, I, he didn't sleep. That's why they called him the moon man.
3: And Joe, you saw it. I saw it. If you're ever ever on the road with the traveling party with the ball club, if you were sitting in a breakfast restaurant at six in the morning, inevitably, you'd see Mike show up, come into the hotel. And if you were there a half hour later, he'd be walking out with his golf clubs. He literally, because he had nephritis, he almost died in 1970. And he always said, big boy, I'll sleep when I die. And he'd get a half hour of sleep. And he had that incredible physical ability. And he was actually tested by doctors. He didn't have to sleep. And he could just go, go, go. And you lived that.
9: I, li- I saw it. I mean, he, didn't, he did not sleep. And he was up at the crack of dawn. And he was going again. And he would get up. We would land in Houston at 3 in the morning from Pittsburgh. And he'd be in the lobby at 6 a.m. to go fishing. And then we'd do the game that night. And so, you know, some of those crazy things he said, I think, came at the end of those long runs <laughs> At the end of those long road trips. Cause he just wasn't sleeping, but he, I mean, he, nobody could power nap like Mike Shannon. He would, he was like C3PO. You, you would, he would sit down on the team bus in the front right seat and you know, just like, (laughs) and he was gone and dead asleep. And we would get to the ballpark and somebody would flip the switch and there he came and then off into the ballpark. He went, he was going a hundred miles an hour. When he woke up, he, I've never seen anybody with the ability to nap like Mike Shannon. It's because he, his body would have shut down if he didn't nap uh, on the on the bus. Hey
3: Joe, when you were broadcasting with Mike, and you mentioned the Shannonisms, are, is there a conversation with him that stands out in your memory that while you were on the air? Because sometimes he would go off the rails a little bit, kind of like any any show or any broadcast. Do you remember
9: any examples
3: of that with you? Uh,
9: yeah, <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, I mean, the craziest one he said, and I said this at at a banquet that they were honoring him uh, years ago he I, I we were in Houston one night, and the Cardinals were down by two or three, and Thomas Howard was at first base, and he's leading off first. We're in the ninth inning, and somebody's holding whoever' playing first, Berkman or somebody for the Astros, is holding against Thomas Howard, and he goes, I don't know why they're holding against Thomas. I'm doing the play-by-play. And he goes, I don't know why they're holding against Thomas Howard over at first base. I'm like, you know, and here's the 1-0 pitch outside, ball two. You know, Joe, he hasn't stolen a base since. And then there was like a pause, and he's trying to come up <laughs> with something. he's like, you know, Joe, he has – I'm like, here's the next pitch, in for strike, 2-1. and one. Joe, he hasn't stolen a base since the Jupiter invasion. <laughs> 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 oh, and, I, I, and then I was like, I'm thinking, what in the hell is he talking about? And then he would go, yeah, right? Am I right? You know, he, and I'm like, yeah, Mike, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say that who can forget the Jupiter invasion? But that just was like to him. I mean, those Shannonisms are all dead on, and if you said half of them now, you'd get fired. But I, it just made it, <laughs> it made it like a, it was, it was a high wire act every night. We went on the air, and I, it was just no, no night was the same as the one before. I, he just. He made it so fun. I mean, just so fun.
3: Yeah. And it's, uh, as we part here, Joe, this is a life definitely to be celebrated. This is a guy that we easily could have lost in 1970. And he was so much fun. And he lived to 83. Nobody got more out of life. Totally, if there is a life to be celebrated on death, Mike Shannon's is the one.
9: No doubt. I mean, he didn't, he didn't, you know, we joke about him not sleeping, but I think that was legit in his mind that. I'm just living on borrowed time and borrowed, I mean, nobody lived on more borrowed time than him because he didn't, he just wasn't ever inside. He wanted to be out doing stuff. So, you know, the, the funniest thing, I know we got to go, but he, you know, toward, toward later in his career. And these kids were like 13, 12, 10 years old. By the end of the road trip, these kids were so wiped out just because they did, they never eat and they never slept. And he's like, drink another water because we're going out, we're going we're going to fishing in the morning. The <laughs> like, Oh my God, get me off. So I mean he just wore out and I he left a lot of people in his wake in the best possible way.
3: Joseph, always great to hear your voice. Always good to communicate with you. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. And uh, we will definitely talk to you soon.
9: All right. Thanks, guys. See you. See
3: ya, brother. That is Joe Buck with us on one oh one ESPN. And uh, yeah, I it's unimaginable to me that because Joe was really young mm-hmm. when he was doing those games and that is uh, that is a master's class in how to live life the, when Mike Shannon teaches it
4: not sleeping and, and just going 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 it. When people have that ability, it's amazing to me because I, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm terrible to be around. But to have the energy <laughs> and still be able to do your job effectively is, is just a testament to to his will and how what type of man he was.
3: And Mike, we're gonna Mike was so good with young broadcasters. We're gonna have Mike Claiborne on the show tomorrow. But whether it was Joe or whether it was me or whether it was Chris Kerber, he was just really good to all of the young broadcasters too. Coming up, another good friend of Mike Shannon, the Mad Hungarian Al Rabosky, pitched with Mike as as a broadcaster, and then traveled with Mike as a, a fellow broadcaster. That's next on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
6: Albert digs back in, open stance, deep in the box, pulls it down on the end. is ready. With two on and two out, The 0-1 pitch, it's coming. Swing along one. there it is, baby. The Cardinals take the lead as Albert Pujos comes through in the pit. And the Redbirds lead this baby five to four. What'd I tell you, folks? I love to see number 25 off of Albert's bat go into the street. With the pit. Swing and hello for the July. Take a ride on that knockdown pitch, big boy. Terry Wood knocked him down. And now looks at him as he goes around first he gives him a glare say take a little whip of that big boy
3: we celebrate the life and times of Mike Shannon today, and uh, the mad Hungarian Al Raboski had a unique seat to Mike Shannon, first as a player in the 70s and then as a broadcaster from the mid 80s all the way until Mike's passing yesterday at the age of 83. Brooke Grimsley is here. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker, and Al Raboski is going to join us now here on the Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Al, it's, it's Randy. It's great to have you with us thanks for your time this morning how you doing
11: oh you know i'm like everybody else a little I'm a little bit shocked and uh it's just it's just sad you know uh don't no since 1969 and uh you know it's just bigger than life and randy you know that as well as anybody you worked with him or I observed him for for decades, but uh, Mike was something very special.
3: And uh, one of the things that I've been saying throughout the day is that he lived life so that it should be celebrated. This is it's sad, yes, and it's awful that we've lost him. But if anybody lived life to its fullest, Al, it, it seems like it's Mike Shannon.
11: Yeah, you know, Tim Shannon said the same thing. You know, he squeezed every every ounce of life out of out of this world, and. I've always said, you know, uh, that he made a, a pact with the Lord and and uh, well, you give me my health and as soon as you want to take me, you can take me. But in between, I'm going to live life to the fullest. And, and I reaped the benefits of so many wonderful times uh, because of Mike and got to meet a lot of people, got to do a lot of uh, special things, um, you know, and, and really he personified uh, Cardinal baseball and what it means to Cardinal Nation.
4: Al, I just recently learned that he didn't sleep much, so I'm sure you all had some times, whether it be late night, early mornings, anything that you would want to share that you could share about those times and those talks.
11: Well, some of the better times we can't share. But, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but, but you talk about sleep. He literally, he could fall asleep at, um, on the drop of a dime, and if he got 20 minutes, his battery was recharged for eight to 10 hours. Uh, literally the family took him to a sleep disorder clinic, I think in Texas. And because they were so worried about him and everything and finally came back and said, Hey, his metabolism is just, it's just one of those things where he could get a 20 minute nap. And, and like I said, he could fall asleep quicker than anything, close his eyes and he'd get those 20 minutes. And then his he was charged up again and ready to go.
0: Well, we've been talking about Shannonisms and there's so many good ones because the way that he would just paint the picture of the game was so special and so unique. I don't think you'll ever have anybody else like him, his ability to do that. Is there a favorite Mike Shannon call you have or just something that you felt like a story that kind of personifies him as a person?
11: Um, You know, I mean, there's just so many of them and uh, you know, I'd give my left arm to be amidextrous. You know, <laughs> the, the outfielder went back and did a three eighty. Um, you know, he was, he was, um, talking about this beautiful full moon over Shea stadium and wished all the folks back home could see it. <laughs> Maybe one of the best ones was, uh, his work with Joe Buck and, I said, Joe, you know, you know, they say that if you you speak Italian and and French, some other language, you can go anywhere in this world and communicate except for China. Because in (laughs) China, they have all those derelicts. Joe goes, "Uh, Mike, I think you mean dialects. He goes, no, no, they got those two derelicts. You You know, I mean, but that was what the beauty was. You know, about Mike. And I could, I've got to tell you too, thank goodness for Mike Shannonisms, because people didn't concentrate on all the mistakes I made <laughs> over the years. So, uh, you know, he just was, he, he was just bigger than life. And and I've always said that you would, I would never ever challenge him to do that, he couldn't do something because he'd call in every marker and he'd, he'd make sure he did that. But uh, you were going to lose that bet. And it was fun playing golf with him. Uh, sometimes the ball would change color and logo and flight, but, <laughs> you, know, and, but you know, it was, it was just, Oh, I'd greet so many benefits, so many wonderful times on the road and, you know, golf courses and, um, uh, and, and just a wealth of knowledge, you know, not only. You know, about life and, and, and also, you know, obviously the game of baseball, you know, he knew it extremely well and, and, uh. You know, there's one, only one Mike Shannon, and, and we've lost him. But, boy, we know he's going to a better place.
3: And, Al, you just uh, referred to what I was going to talk to about next, and that's a, because, of he, number one, he was just an innate, brilliant baseball guy. But Mike really understood and had an ability to relate about winning baseball, didn't he? he? He taught me an awful lot about what it takes to win in baseball and what it takes to lose in baseball. He really got the game.
11: Yeah, and he, you know, I mean, there's there's things that we see, and uh, you know, it could make some sensational headlines, but you're going to do any, fa- you're not going to do the ball club any favors with certain personalities and different things. But you know, when you describe Mike as a as a baseball player, and obviously he's one of the greatest athletes to ever come out of the St. Louis area, um, and his career, you know. Uh, came to a halt because of the kidney disease but the best just one word would describe him as a baseball player is he he was a winner you know he knew what it takes to be a winner Uh, you know it's easy to be a loser you just put on a cub uniform or you don't try you
7: know
11: but to be a winner you really have to challenge yourself every day and I think one of the most important things you have to be realistic you know Uh, The game is extremely tough, and and especially as a broadcaster, you always have to remember that. Um, The guys on the field represent what you could do at one time, Mm -hmm. and these guys today are just such exceptional athletes. It's just uh, amazing the the things that they can do. But it's a long, long season, and, um, you know, I guess – you have to harken back to 2011. You know, last time the Cardinals won a world championship, they were 10 and a half games out, not in, not on May 1st, but they were 10 and a half games out in late August. So things can turn around. There is time to do so.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Al Roboski, great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for reminiscing about Mike Shannon with us today. We do appreciate it, and we will see you soon.
11: Yeah, and thank you for the opportunity to say something, because, uh, you know, he's not only is Mike a special person, but... Uh, The entire family, I mean, just class acts all the way through and, and our deepest sympathies go to the Shannon family and Lori now. Absolutely. Thanks, Al. Take care. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Okay. That's uh, the mad
3: Hungarian, the great Al Roboski, joining us reminiscing about Mike Shannon. And we want to hear from you. If you'd like to offer a mic drop with the 101 ESPN app, you can leave us a mic drop with your favorite Mike Shannon story or memory, or we'll just take your texts we can do that as well. I've got a couple for you. And uh, I know Brooke and, and Carrie have memories as well of the late, great Mike Shannon on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
2: Back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's
1: time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset.
2: Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf.
6: He kicks look Fastball, and it's a green slam. Woo! We see who powered that one. A green slam home run, and the Cardinals lead it 4-2. That went over the bullpen. The runners go 3-2 to T. Swing and a
3: And they were both off Chan Ho Park. What the hell were the Dodgers thinking there? I, I got to like, figure that their their bullpen was a little taxed. Yeah. And they just said, we're, you, you, it's all you, big fella. Yeah. So Mike Shannon, <laughs> with calls of a record that obviously will never be broken. One thing that is not very well recalled here in St. Louis that is that in the football Cardinals last year in town, Mike was the analyst for the football Cardinals, too. Hmm. Uh, Bill Wilkerson was on the play-by-play. Uh, Mike was the analyst, and I, I was producing the games at the time, and Mike was really good. He understood the sport of football. He understood it from a quarterback's perspective because he played football in college, and, and Mike Claiborne will tell us stories tomorrow, and, and Joe mentioned it. Mike knew everybody. He knew everybody. And so you go around the country and there's always somebody there. One night though at uh, the Live at Shannon show Tony Luce always had friends of Tony in town, And Mike spends the evening promoting the fact that at Mike Shannon's restaurant after the show, we're gonna have Bruce Springsteen over there. Have, <laughs> uh, he's in town to visit with, with Tony Lewis. We're gonna have Bruce Springsteen over at, at, at Shannon's restaurant. For the whole game. And there are Literally, maybe a thousand people out front of Mike Shannon's, hoping to get just a glimpse of Bruce Springsteen, maybe an autograph, maybe a, a, a photograph, but they just want to be in the presence of Bruce Springsteen. I go over there <laughs> because I'm listening. I'm working at the station, and I, I you know, I'm going to go sit at the table with Bruce Springsteen. We get to uh, me and uh, the producer. We we get there, and uh, guy comes over and sits down. And I said, hey, Randy Carriker, nice to meet you. He said, Bruce Hornsby, nice to meet you. Oh. Oh. Close. A musician named Bruce. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) And Bruce Hornsby did the live at Shannon's show. (laughs) (laughs)
4: A bit
3: bit frustrated, lying out there. Well,
4: you might as well come in and eat now. You're you're here, exactly. Exactly.
0: Got people there. Yeah,
3: exactly. That's good. And the other funny, fun thing about Mike was, and he and Jack always went to the the horse tracks when they were on the road. But Mike, uh, towards the last couple of decades of his career, on Derby Day, he would actually go to Louisville and, and bet on the Derby at Churchill Downs and then come back and show up for the Cardinal Broadcast mm-hmm. at 7 o'clock or whenever it started. But he, he he did a lot of derby days over at Fairmount Park, but he, there were multiple times where he would do uh, the, the flight, the the private jet over to Churchill Downs and then get back in time for the game.
0: Wow. That's, Big that's horse incredible. Guy. Yeah.
4: Uh, the thing I read, uh,
3: um, Joe
4: was talking about the article by Rick Hummel. He was the player of the year in basketball and football in the state of Missouri in high school. And, and it says maybe the only time that that has happened in the history of the state. He played professional baseball. That is an athletic career. Like, that is something where... You are, you are just uh, the guy when you're able to, to be that prominent in, in multiple sports and potentially, as, as we've heard, maybe even be a Heisman Trophy winner, had he stuck with football, but decided to play baseball. That's, a, that's an athlete that is uh, you know, just above pretty, pretty much most people's comprehension.
0: Well, my I guess my story is just kind of small with Mike Shannon, but when I came here to St. Louis, obviously I know who Mike Shannon is, and it's just in your mind you think of like this great big land a legend, and that they're not going to be accessible, right? I don't know. I don't know why our brain kind of goes to that when it's somebody's kind of like celebrity big name status. You're like, there's no way it's going to be that easy for me to talk to him. So I needed. um, I can't remember. It was somebody who passed away, and it was while I was still over in TV and. Um, Marie Stroman was like, well, you should you should call up Mike Shannon and see if he'll do an interview about him. I'm like, just call up Mike Shannon? He was like, yeah, here's his number. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, there's no way that he's going to answer. He answers the phone and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come by the booth. And I was like, how is this even actually yeah. happening? And he just open up the booth for me to come and do this interview and let me sit around and just chat with him about literally everything. And I I didn't, I, of course, when you're in the moment, you're going to be like, wow, this is so crazy. But I was just sitting there. I was like, wow, this is incredible that he's just so willing to open up the booth and you could talk to him about anything. He really was what you heard on the radio of him just being like this very like true like fan of the game and just an approachable person. That's how he was in person.
3: He was really. Just a, a really good human being. We do want to hear from you in the next segment. We do have to do our rush hour reset. Cardinals lost yesterday, seven to three. Not many highlights from that game. So, or no, six to three. But because there weren't any highlights, we don't really have much to play. They kind of gave that one away. Uh, but we will tell you that the Boston Bruins had sixty-five, a record sixty-five wins during the NHL regular season. Prohibitive favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year. Knocked out in the first round. They were up three one against the Panthers, and the Panthers came back last night, forced overtime, and then knocked off the Bruins in Game Seven, four to three. Bruins are done
8: as dinner. That is a tough way to go out.
0: It is. Hoo-hoo-hoo. Well, but I know that Randy. Shouldn't you say that you had a little, little too much fun at one particular Bruins player's expense last night? I saw your post. Oh on yeah. Social.
3: I-, I tweeted uh, Brad Marchand crying again. <laughs> You know, if you don't like it, Brad, play better. If you don't like oh, it, play better. Man. You think that's the, the, the tone in, in Boston today? They are angry, I guarantee oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. If we would get uh, a little taste of Boston Sports Radio today, they are angry. <laughs> They're an angry, angry group. Uh, the Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche, were eliminated by the Kraken in Game 7 as well. 2-1 to one, Seattle winning their first ever playoff series and Colorado getting back to Losersville. There you go. It's good in the NBA playoffs. Curry's Golden State Warriors rolled the Kings one twenty to one hundred. It was a two point game in favor of the Kings at halftime, mm-hmm. and then Golden State went on an amazing roll. They got fifty from Steph Curry, and they win it by a score of one twenty to one hundred. And they that, this is going to be a fun series, isn't it? Oh, that's going to be a series. I, I I hope
4: everyone stays healthy. Anthony uh, Davis, I'm looking at you. I hope he mm-hmm. stays healthy because I want to see the best version of the Lakers versus the the, the Warriors. And the Warriors have home court yeah, in this series. Yeah, because the Lakers are the seventh seed and yeah. the Warriors are the sixth
3: seed. Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> <How about> that? <laughs> so you think there's a little uh, uh little load management going uh, on in yeah. the NBA? And the Heat one game won against the Knicks, one oh eight to one oh one over the weekend. The Portland Timbers knocked off St. Louis City S C by a score of two to one. And by the way, kaka Jordan Tayamu. Awesome for the D C defenders as they advance to the, the uh XFL championship game. Put up 37. He was great. Unfortunate that he's not in the league. In the league by the he NFL. Should he should be in the he, league.
4: He did really well with the first iteration of the XFL. Performed extremely well. You got other guys there. Uh, you know, there's a few. Uh, the, what's the quarterback in... in um, Washington. What am I forgetting his name?
0: Oh, Jordan Tayamu? So, no. Ben, Sam Howell?
8: Uh, Bendinucci? No. Oh, oh
3: you're well, talking about in the, the NFL. Well, oh, yeah. NFL. Oh, okay. Not that one. Oh, you're yeah, thinking of the guy the that left the the former yeah, XFL yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor Hennecke. Uh, Taylor Hennecke, yeah. Him, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm always. Hennecke. Then better. Yeah. yeah so maybe you'll get another chance. There's going to be some bad backup quarterbacking in the NFL this year.
4: It is every year. How many quarterbacks? Was it 67? 67, so we'll 67 last played last year, well, yeah. yeah.
0: Not for the Chiefs, though. Well,
4: no, they Chiefs only had
3: okay. one. okay. <laughs> they only
0: had one.
3: And now they've got Blaine Gabbert as their backup. So once uh, Mahomes twists an ankle in a playoff game, Gabbert will lead them to a victory and yeah. everything will be golden. Everything will
4: be right with the world again.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And we will talk a, a little NFL draft as the week unfolds, but. I find the Chiefs to be very fascinating with the the people that they're going to have Mahomes throwing the ball to. And they, they do it like you've said, CD. They have the main guy. They have the yeah. big guy. But they aren't going to be as, you wouldn't think, as prolific as they've been in the past. Well,
4: if Kadarius Toney is healthy and mentally together, he is a special football player. And they basically Mm -hmm. got him for nothing. So I'm excited to see what he does with a full offseason and how well he can kind of be incorporated into that offense. It's going to be fun to see because he's electric when you put the ball in his hands.
0: Well, and after Hill left, don't you think that it kind of showed that They They can kind of, (laughs) yeah, they don't need exactly the big superstar in a lot of ways.
3: For a quarterback that elevates people, right?
0: Yeah, he does that.
3: The Mannings. The, the Brady, I hate to do it, yeah. but, hate to, but, but Brady elevated guys that just were not that good and made yep. them better. And Mahomes is another guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And Will Levis is going to be one of those guys.
0: Uh, How, uh, dare okay, Brooke, <laughs> Brooke. <laughs>
3: How dare you? Okay, Brooks. How dare you? Hold on.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs>
6: everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. <laughs> together you know, go
8: like
5: 34th? 34th? 33rd pick in the draft?
8: Overall? Yeah. Something like
3: that. Second round? Second round. Second round. 34th? They Tom Brady. Up, Tom they? Brady was taken in the sixth round, number one ninety nine overall.
0: Are so you saying that he's, he's going to be better. the next Tom Brady? No, no, he's going to be better. He's going be to be better. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> didn't Kentucky lose to Vanderbilt? <laughs> <laughs> didn't Michigan
3: lose to Ohio State? <laughs> Here's the point. Does anybody have a better idea of what a Tom Brady comp is than Mike Vrabel? All right, we're teammates. Thank you. They were. They were. How many passes did Vrabel catch from him? Have, like ten touchdown passes. Well, how many? Was it thirteen? Ron? Yeah, thirteen. Something did like that. We figured that out. Fight question before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so my my dad texted me this morning. My dad texted me this morning and said that sports talk in Nashville is just like exploding about Levis.
3: <laughs> As they should. But I will never forget the morning after Trent Green got hurt, and I was crestfallen. I was just. Dead as man of, As
4: of all of St. Louis, right? Yeah, we all were. Yeah, we all were. thought it was a, it's, it's a wrap.
3: We're going, uh, Jim Thomas said uh, on the show we did last night on Channel 2, uh, he, he said he turned to uh, the person next to him that night when Trent Green got hurt. He said, they'll be lucky to win four games there you go. in 99. And then Kurt Warner happened.
8: So. Uh, Randy, possible. Uh, across both the regular season and playoffs, how many touchdown passes did defensive, line, defensive lineman and linebacker and current Titans head coach Mike Rabel catch in his career? Thirteen. Oh, 12 12. Oh, okay. 10 in the regular season 2 in the playoffs
4: Okay There you go That was a fight question That caused yeah. Uh, Consternation Yeah It caused the stir <laughs> you know, a stir here, up here's how you know Here's how you know It caused a lot of <laughs> a, a dust, dust up, up.
8: <laughs> Carrie was not on the show yet When that question happened Oh yeah I was I right have a date This was August 11th I was in and that day were you, were, were you in that day? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay well, oh, I was yeah. here. He
0: remembers. Oh, I remember. I thought I maybe here.
8: it was just that. It reverberated no, that yeah. much
3: to you. <laughs> Kerry relishes the anger. He loves it. He remembers every single one.
4: Every single one. Every single uh, We well, got yeah,
8: Nolan Ryan in the first million dollar contract. That was a doozy.
3: Nolan Ryan was
8: the guy. <laughs> that, that was the best one. That was a oh, doozy. What was the one where you changed the answer during the show?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was recently, wasn't yeah, that it? Was Brooke was here. What yeah. was that
4: one? Uh, literally. It was the uh, World, It was the oh. Stanley Cup or the World
3: Series. Yes. Oh yeah. Right. Which one, yeah.
5: was, yeah. which one yeah. has been answered? Yes. Which one
4: yes.
3: has been yes. 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 answered? <laughs> Unbelievable. I said,
4: this is going to be great.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That one was was bad, too. Coming up, what do you remember about Mike Shannon? For a lot of us, uh, we don't remember life without Mike Shannon, especially in the broadcast booth. If you have any Mike Shannon memories or remembrances, we'd love to hear from you. You can use the Mic Drop feature with the 101 ESPN app, with the 101 ESPN app, or just send us a text, 314-399-9646. Your reaction next on 101 ESPN.
2: To the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke and Carrie and Randy, text 314
3: 399 9646. 314 399. Yo ho! Uh, this text from the th- uh, 636, Growing up, nothing better than having a catch with my dad listening to Mike Shannon on a hot summer day. I'm sure there's a lot of people in St. Louis that have that exact same memory and experience. That's pretty cool. Uh, here's one. I remember Shannon's home runoff of Whitey Ford in the 64 World Series. I was 11 at the time and thought, kind of foolishly, he could be as good as Stan the Man. R.I.P. Mike. And Mike was exceptionally talented. And mm-hmm. I mentioned... His uh when we were talking to Al Robaski about his ability to understand the nuances of the game and he really did understand how the little things uh, affected the outcome of the game, Mike would be aghast at this current Cardinal team. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. I'm sure. I mean we are we are watching it as well. I when you have um You know, just a a reverence for an organization and and been around it and seen some of the greatest players and some of the the fundamentals that you've watched your entire career and to watch this team right now. It could be a little bit uh, disappointing to see how they're performing.
0: Well, and somebody texted this in, too, and I thought it was a really good point of just kind of going through all these memories. You also think about how great Cardinals baseball has been. I mean, just the history of it and Mike Shannon being a big, big part of that for so many years, you just know that he would be very blunt about what's going on right now. That's one thing that you could always count on Mike to do is to be very blunt about whatever situation he was seeing right in front of him Mm -hmm. because that's what you knew you were getting with him, the way that he would paint the picture of the game. He was literally telling you every little thing, detail that's going on, what he sees, and it was coming right off the top of his head.
3: Yep. Whether you liked it or not, it was
0: honest, and that's what you can appreciate about that.
3: I'll never forget. Being with Mike, we were—he was going to record a star of the game in 1986, and the Cardinals were bad, and the Mets were great. The Mets won 108 games, won the World Series, and the Cardinals finished something like 26 games out of first. And we were standing talking, and I said to him, and this is late in the season. I said, How? "A guy named Ray Burris, who was a good major league pitcher, but not by the time he got here, he was 35 years old and had a 5.6 ERA for the Cardinals in 1986." And we're talking about how bad Burris had been. And I, I said, Mike, how do they fix this for next year? Because they won the the pennant in 85, then terrible in 86. And I've used this on the air a lot. But he said, big boy, pitching, <laughs> pitching, pitching. Mm. That's it. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's all about, and especially at that time when Whitey Ball, they would manufacture runs. Right. They didn't have to hit the ball over the fence. But that's what they needed was pitching. And I've always... Taking that to heart and that little bit of knowledge from Mike Shannon has served me well because usually when the team that wins the world well not usually a hundred percent of the time the team that wins the world series has good pitching let's get a mic drop from Lisa here on 101 ESPN Lisa thanks for checking in
2: growing up here with them always on the background Shannon and Buck every summer holiday they're on the radio he would make you laugh and was there anything better than a hot summer night with the radio on, in the car, going to get ice cream with my grandpa, listening to Buck and Shannon?
3: It didn't get any better than that. It, uh, that's uh, Those are memories that people will have forever.
0: Voice of the Summer. And here's another one from the 636. My greatest memory of Mike Shannon is a signed ball and personalized letter he mailed to me. I got from middle school after I wrote a poem about him. That i still have to this day i mean that that sounds small but just even taking the time to go through some of the fan letters and stuff that you get and he did that for that person is it says a lot i think about him
3: mike also was a total team player he could have rejected the idea when the cardinals got roger maris of going to third base he was a right fielder he'd always been a really good gold glove quality right fielder but the cardinals asked him to move to third when they got roger maris to play right field and he did it first of all without complaint but second of all did it very well and he always told the story about one time uh, Gibson had runners at first and second with one out and there's a meeting at the mound and Gibson says be ready for a one hopper and you're gonna turn a double play and lo and behold next pitch one hopper right to Mike boom five four three Mm. double play and Gibson had that ability to to do that but Mike was smart enough to know okay he, I better be ready because yeah. he is, he's not going to be wrong here. <laughs> he knows what's going on. Yeah. Uh, During rain delays, Mike would fill the broadcast with hilarious stories about life in the miners back in the late 50s and early 60s. Yeah, he was, Mike was as great a storyteller as we've had, and that's another thing that we'll really miss. Uh, here's another one, this one from The618, and it's simply, Ole Abner has done it again, <laughs> and inevitably... You'd have a game where you get to the ninth inning and you'd have a two-run lead and somebody would load the bases or put a couple of runners on. And Abner Doubleday was nominally, at, by s- some people's account, the person who invented baseball. And Mike's stock line in those situ- situations was, "Oh, Abner's done it again." <laughs>
0: <laughs> That iconic laugh. uh,
4: (laughs) (laughs) Al said he he would give his left arm to be ambidextrous. I think that is
3: absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. He was just the ultimate piece of work. And his restaurant, by the way, was great. He had that iconic photo of uh, he was at second base, slid into second base. One of the umpires was calling him safe. The other umpire was calling him out.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
3: (laughs) Yeah. and. uh, Somebody, I think it was Mantle, hit a home run in the 64 World Series at Yankee Stadium. Mike goes back to the wall, and it's like into the third deck, the upper deck at Yankee Stadium. And somebody says, Mike, why did you even go to the wall? Why were you waiting at the wall? Why don't you just watch the ball go over the fence? And Mike said, big boy, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's Yeah, let's get to another one. Who do we have next? It is Doug here on 101 ESPN.
8: Mike Shannon to me is Cam Wex. He is Cardinals baseball on radio. And it just reminds me of all the wonderful times I had with my grandparents.
0: Sounds like of the Ozarks or you feel like you've lost a part of your family.
3: Yeah, it's a part of our childhood. It's A soundtrack for our summers, losing Jack in 2002 and now Mike in 2023. It definitely does make life different for us. And we appreciate you weighing in. And again, condolences to uh, his great family, Peg, Pat, Aaron, Dan, Tim, and Mike. Uh, and his uh, his wife Lori, and obviously uh, the, those kids lost their mom Judy several years ago. Mike Shannon passing away at the age of eighty three. By the way, BK and Ferrario later in the day are going to have Bob Costas on their show at one o'clock. Correct? Uh, anybody else? I know. As we celebrate the life of Mike Shannon today here on One ESPN, Matthew, if you, you just we got Joe somebody. West is
8: coming on as well. Who is? Joe uh, Joe West is going to be joining oh, them as great. well. Great. Awesome. Nice. That's
3: fantastic. So that'll be great. Hey, 101 ESPN is your chance to score free tickets to see Thomas Rhett with special guest Cole Swindell on Saturday, May 20th at Enterprise Center. You're, Brooke is fired oh, I just, up.
0: I did a yeehaw. I'm oh, like over the here. Yeehaw! yeehaw. yeehaw. Okay, now <laughs> get on down there to see Thomas Rhett. Thomas Rett, okay. <laughs> Do you like my sure. southern Th- accent?
3: Thomas it's and Cole, Cole Swindell. <laughs> <laughs> tickets on sale now, or you can text in to win Thomas Rett tickets at 314-399-9646, 314-399-9646, and you can register <laughs> to win free tickets at 101ESPN.com or in the 101 ESPN the mobile app under the contest page. Here's your question of the day, and it'll be for texture number. Yeah, let's go texture number eighteen. What number did Mike Shannon wear when he played baseball for the Cardinals? What number did Mike Shannon wear when he played baseball for the Cardinals? Texture number eighteen will get the Thomas Ritt. <laughs> did, did I get it, Thomas Tom,
0: Thomas Rett? Thomas Ritt. That's how you and Thomas Rett and okay. th- and Cole Swindale.
3: Cole
8: Swindale. Where are they right. going
0: to be? Over at the Enterprise Center. Enterprise Center. Now get on down there. Is that real?
8: Is are you are you like, like being hyperbolic, or is that actually what you're like growing up? What the accent was like?
0: No, I did not sound like Thank that. God. I I had I had not just a you. slight accent, just a slight, slight yeah. accent. It comes a, it out when you flat, go
4: home. Just yeah. every now? And no, and really, really, really slight, does it. it really doesn't. It really doesn't. It I don't think
0: it, it stays away. Um, it stays away. I there's this, there's one side of my family, my mom, my mom's side of the family that has a very heavy accent. And my fiance, the first time I met him, he was like, "What? What are they saying?" Like he, my uncle said something to him. Big John is what we called him. And then there's Little John. Um, Big John, John. says something to him, and he was like, "Uh, what did he just say?" Because <laughs> the accent, once it starts flowing, it starts flowing. I but I, I've shaked it off, guys.
3: Shake it off. Shake, shake it off. It off. Yeah. Coming up, we've got uh, rock and roll here. Got rid of it. How about that? Does
0: that make you happier, Rockio? (laughs) (laughs) I always
8: used to love when Mike Shannon would be on a home run call. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. Get up. And then he would go, oh, yeah,
2: in Big Mac land.
3: (laughs) You're back to
1: the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. (laughs)
1: Let's rock. Let's rock today.
6: The Cardinals up by Cinco. Cinco de Mayo. That's coming up pretty soon, too, isn't it? Cinco de Mayo, when is that? Is it over already? That happens uh, on the fifth month, the fifth day, right? Cinco de Mayo. So it's coming up. The
0: next May, <laughs> get ready now. <laughs> <laughs> I just always love how you would have the laugh with it too, oh, <laughs> that man. just like sealed it.
3: Yep. Two, three, four. So that's Friday, by the way. Cinco de Mayo is on I was Friday. Friday. This is in fact, Friday. May first. Yeah, so yeah, he was he was hit. Yeah. he was, was oh. warning everybody. And
8: get ready now. Today is May Day. May Day. May Day. It is May Day. You're right.
5: So yeah, I have no idea. May the fourth be with you. Is, made it, like, is that an actual too? real holiday? I, I think I'm it might be, it might so, be something that thing? causes danger. Let's
3: uh, let's do the go- old Google before we get to. Oh, uh, by the way, Brett won the Thomas Rhett tickets. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, Brett! Brett, Brett good job. We're going Brett. to see Thomas Brett and uh, special guest Cole Swindell Saturday, May twentieth. Swindell. Uh, I like well, what? Swindell. What's wrong Swindale. with
8: it, Well, I mean, as long as the Nashville native isn't offended
3: by it. The Cowindale, Cole, Cole Swindale. A May Day is an emergency procedure word used internationally as a distress signal in voice procedure radio communications. So that's one thing about May Day. May Day is also a uh, European uh, festival yeah. of ancient origins marking the beginning of summer, usually celebrated on the first of May or around halfway between the spring equinox and summer solstice. So uh, you might want to get involved in some of these festivities today. <laughs> Uh, because they include <laughs> gathering wildflowers and green branches, weaving floral garlands, crowning a May queen, sometimes with a male companion, and setting up a maypole, may tree, that's, or that's may bush.
0: Is, Wait, thing. is it's that, that reminds it's me? the of
8: maypole thing with the kids like running around in the circle. Apparently, oh, yep, 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 I see it. I read. Right okay, yeah. Apparently, okay. it's a thi- Apparently, it's like Labor Day for the for the UK. Okay.
0: It it makes me think that um, hmm. scary movie, Midsummer. Oh yeah. You remember that Oof. one? Were they They made her the Solstice, solstice Queen Or something like that Oh That movie was, was weird That was a weird movie Have you guys seen that movie? I have movie? not seen I that I
3: have one. not, no oh, okay. um, By the way, maybe is a recommend- thing in Canada Just FYI Yeah,
0: the UK
8: <laughs> <laughs> They got the Queen on their money What do you want from me? That's the Canadian's
0: choice Not
3: yeah, mine Win- Winnipeg has a big picture of her On the wall in their arena
8: <laughs> it's still there, isn't
4: it?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Also, randomly, guys, Rockio gets very heated when it comes to many things, but also history <laughs> history questions. He decided to do like a deep dive into history questions well, the other day.
8: <laughs> well, Grant, wanted some, Grant? They wanted they needed some uh, miscellaneous trivia for the for the gauntlet, so I was trying to help him out, Randy. Did you
3: change any answers? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, No, I did not change any
8: answers. (laughs) Speaking of somebody wanting to change some of their answers, Mm -hmm. Dylan Brooks might want to change some of his answers to some previous questions, although we don't have any new answers from Dylan Brooks because it took took him pulling an arm and a leg to get him to actually talk to the media. This is what we call a segue that's brilliant. Thank you so much. Well good. done. Thank you so much. I was I was, I was waiting for it. And it just appeared right in front of me. So Dylan Brooks actually did finally get pulled down by the Memphis media. He declined to talk after losses uh, earlier on in the series. But he finally decided to speak on his comments on LeBron James early in the series that seemed maybe to have triggered something. Um, no.
3: Um, no, that's who I am. Um, you know, I don't regret I'm a
8: competitor and I compete um you know I don't think it got LeBron geeked up you know he's back in the playoffs it's been a little while so I think you know um you know he was ready to play um and overall we just got beat better by, by a better team bigger team
3: uh guys have their whole team the whole pieces there um and you know I'm just gonna you know continue to be me and um get better at what I do pop bears
4: there's defiance and then there's just flat out dumb mm-hmm. and he should uh
8: you know <laughs> you
4: know what he could have left it at that they were the better team they beat us maybe my comments did maybe they didn't but you know at the end of the day we didn't play well enough to win the game to to win the game and to win the series.
0: You see, I I don't have a problem with like villains, but I think that if you're going to make a statement like you did against LeBron, then you just need to go ahead and just fully stick with it and not yeah. and not back down and just continue with with your if you're just going to take the smack talk approach, just stick with it.
8: And, and here's the thing I, I love trash talking. I love I love people you know dancing on other guys' graves live live in game. It's fun fun sometimes. But you know don't talk about it. Be about it. You know if you're going to talk, you know yeah you know. You know you gotta you gotta be ready for it. And John Morant and the Grizzlies have been the biggest talkers in the entire NBA season. It, it, and every time they lost a game in this playoffs, they turtled up and said, We don't wanna talk to the media about it. That's that's pathetic. You if you're gonna be the biggest talkers, you gotta be the biggest talkers. Exactly. Seems
3: like if you're gonna dance on somebody's grave, you better make sure they're dead.
4: Yeah. That too. And and if you're gonna do all that talking, you better win. Like Josh said, midseason, oh, I'm fine in the West. My only competition is the Celtics. Yeah, you're not you're not fine in the West, sir. You didn't even make it out. like you didn't, hey, make it out of the first round. Then you could talk about the injuries to Brandon Clark and to uh, Stephen Adams. Adams and say, oh, they had, if, if if, if, you know, mm-hmm. who cares? You didn't win.
0: They just need to take more breaks during the regular season. <laughs> that's all they go. need to do. So they're more, ready for the playoffs. More time that's true. off. You see, that's more how you do smart talk, management. Brooks. There that's is going to
3: be, because you look at the age of, of Ja, and they do need to stay healthy. But with the age of the Lakers and the Warriors, the Kings, I guess, will, are, are, the Kings, I think, are real. I didn't believe them until this series. Yeah. I think they're real. But I do think that window of opportunity for Memphis is still open. It's
4: going to be tough. I mean, the Warriors probably have a this year, next year. They that the last dream year. On, though. Yeah, well, he got a player option I think after this season. Yeah. So I think he'll he'll be he'll be back. I don't think he's going to get 25 million from anyone else. Um maybe not. But either way, I think the Warriors have a this year and next year and then they'll probably be on the the, the tail end of it. But that Denver team as much as we don't like Stan Kroenke mm-hmm. and then you got I don't. Kawhi and the Clippers probably are done. Yeah. But you got Memphis and you got Sacramento as two young teams, young and upcoming teams that those teams will be vying for for the West.
8: Uh, over the weekend, also STL City SC fell to the Portland Timbers two to one. Unfortunately, they are now six one and three. They're still um, second place in the Western Conference. And after the after the game, Tim Parker was asked about the game. He said it wasn't good enough. Called it their worst loss of the year. And he said we're gonna have to. Change practice is going to have to be completely more intense, a lot more difficult. It, "Quote unquote," it's wake up time. So if the six one and three city is at a You'll point have of one wake loss, up, right? Six one and three. S- uh, sorry, no. uh, six no, no, one. No. Yes, that's draws. One that's draw, one three draw. losses. Yeah, they do it differently. They do, it. They do win draw Randy's loss. Randy space.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> So the, I want my so, wins and I want my losses clear. Okay, thank you. thank you, Brooks. Make it clear, would you? Come on.
8: They are now 6 your six, one, and three. They are a point back from the tops of the conference, and it's wake up time for City Cardinals. Have ten wins. They're ten games back. Wake up time for Cardinals yet? It's time. been wake up time. Yeah, they've, they've, they've been, sleepwalking. They've been in sleepy time. Yeah, yeah. they got to get up. Six, All wake up, up time, baby. Tomorrow.
4: It's the start of a new season, Randy.
0: Okay, For It's the, the Angels.
8: <laughs> yeah, start of a new season. Uh,
3: I'm just excited to end Panda. of the road. <laughs> Nothing to do, and no hope of things getting better. <laughs>
4: Rakia, where did you record that. yourself
0: this morning
3: doing
4: that? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No. That is his soundtrack to his life.
0: Keep smiling. Came out of his little
4: Keep
6: tent.
3: going. Keep <laughs> uh, great job today by our producer, engineer Matthew Rocky. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, this was fun. Yes. Uh, CD. My man. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Again, condolences to the family of Mike Shannon. And this is a life that needs to be celebrated. We w- we're-, we're mourning, but uh, our memories of Mike are all happy. So thank you for being a part of the show today. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis. That's right.